Absolute Geek Podcast. It is Thursday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the first Absolute Geek Podcast of 2017. My name is Matt. And I'm Kyle. What is going on, Kyle? Nothing. I'm just stoked the holidays are done. Yes, the holidays are finally over. What's going on, all you beautiful people out in podcast land? We haven't talked to you since the week before Christmas. I know. Our awesome group chat went cold on us. <clears throat> Hopefully you all enjoyed the um, Christmas special as well as the New Year's 2016, a year in review. Pass. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. That's all, hopefully, I uh, That's all I remember for that one. Hopefully 2017 is better for all of us. And I admitted I like shitty movies. Yep, you sure did. Ghostbusters. You know what? When I watched Ghostbusters, I had like, I don't know, like three or four Bloody Marys in me. Well, that's probably why. It was funny then. <laughs> that's probably... Everything's a little bit funny with three or four Bloody Marys in you. Yeah. Like I, re- like I originally liked Suicide Squad, remember when I first watched it? Mm-hmm. I watched it again the other night. I did not like it at all. It's a shitty movie. It's a shitty movie. Jared Jared Leto is a shitty Joker. He wasn't the best Joker. I didn't care for Harley Quinn. I liked Harley Quinn. That was like the only saving grace. I, I just, her voice, the, her, the accent that she, she gave herself, I didn't like it. Yeah, it was, I thought that was the only saving grace. Her in uh, Fresh Prince of Deadshot. I liked Deadshot. <coughs> Will Smith playing Will Smith is Deadshot. Yeah, I liked I mean, that was all right, but I didn't really care for... Harley Quinn. I mean, like she's sexy. She's a sexy woman. Don't get me mm. wrong. You know what I mean. But I just didn't. I don't know. I, I am hoping that she does better in uh, Gotham City Sirens. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that that is that will be her saving grace. I mean, maybe she'll be able. To, maybe they'll give them a little more freedom to write it, and then maybe like they've they've learned on past DC mistakes, and then this will be one of the saving grace. DC movies because now it's like it seems to be like up in the air that we're even going to get another Batman movie. Yeah, like I don't know if you've been reading them, but it's been it's well, been yeah, it's been going back and forth. Like there's one week there's like a script apparently, and the next week Ben Affleck is like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There's no script. Yeah, like I, I, I like don't people understand. are releasing dead details about it, and then like there's nothing. It's <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's going like do- back and forth. I don't know if they're doing it as hype or they're doing it as. What the fuck? Like maybe they have a concept, you know, like, you know, like that that Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Remember they they were trying to make all those concept. Uh, You're talking about the the Kevin Smith one, the Death of Superman Lives. Yeah, remember they they're they're showing fucking oh God. I can't think of his name. Who the fuck directs Edward Scissorhands? Um, Tim Burton. Is that who was in it? Yeah. Remember they they spent all that money on the on the Superman concept, like his outfit and shit. Yeah, his suit. Yeah. Is is that that's what's leading me to believe like all the Deathstroke hype and <coughs> all that is is that what is possibly was that what that is this concept of you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, part it's like of, they just filmed a little chunk for shits and giggles, or part of me wonders if like there's a writing team on it and Ben Affleck isn't actually writing it; he's just overseeing the writing team. And they're like, oh yeah, we got the script, blah blah blah, and then they bring it to him. He's like, this shit doesn't work, and he fucking like. Tears it up and wipes his ass with it and then throws it away. Did you see that uh, post that Kevin Smith did? I think it was like yesterday or the day before that when they were filming Mallrats, um, he no. had wrote out that list for Kevin Smith, like learn how to direct or <laughs> it's like this 10 things of how to be a better Kevin Smith. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. You'll have to Google it and find it. 
it's a uh, let me see maybe I'll look for it in a second but I I don't know I just I'm hoping that maybe these last couple DC errors maybe this will give them like okay like they say Wonder Woman will be our saving grace yeah I don't think so and you know as it is right now I do not like the way they're doing Flash I do not like his costume no I mean I think it's I'm willing to give it a chance because to me I'm accustomed to the the TV show. Well, it doesn't look like the TV show, right? Costume. His, oh. his costume shouldn't be battle armor. His costume looks very. I don't know if you ever played Injustice: Gods Among Us. No. The the fighting game. That's what his costume looks like. It's very like battle armor ish looking. And, and it, I just don't. Yeah, I'm not digging it either. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a very big fan of it. Um, I don't like the casting. I think they should have played, the dude should have played, uh, who plays him in the show? Grant Gustafson, yeah. That dude is killing it as Flash. Why, why, why insert somebody else into their movie universe? Well, because they don't like to do that, because it goes back to, um, Tom Wellens, who played, um, Clark Kent in Smallville. I think it's Tom Wellens. They didn't want him to ever be Superman on the big screen, like... It was on his contract that he could never play Superman in a movie. Like that's that's. Or so that was the, the rumor that was going around is that it was never. Here, oh, it's when they were making Dogma. Oh, okay. Did you read that? Uh. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. It says when we were making Dogma back in 1998, a young Ben Affleck wrote for me things to do, a things to do list on my office wall and whiteboard. In case you can't tell, here they are. Number one. Figure out how the fuck to direct films before the start. <laughs> Number two, examine further avenues for corporate whoring of self through store. Sign toilet paper stuff, <laughs> etc. See if it's a practical joke or if a man of Affleck's caliber will be willing to do a third movie with the sorry likes of me. <laughs> Number four, get a real job. Number five, see if Ben would do me the common courtesy to stop plugging my mom, <laughs> at least during shooting. Number six, see if Marvel Comics has any interest in a project tentatively titled Silent Bob's a Bitch. <laughs> Number seven, pound salt or salt substitute up ass. <laughs> Number eight, see if Affleck would mind if the Dogma one sheet features the back of his head again. <laughs> I'd never, I've never had my balls busted you know, and he says, I never had my balls busted on a whiteboard before, but he actually took a picture of it. <laughs> of He has a Polaroid of it. I just thought that was, <clears throat> I just thought that was. Well, funny. they were friends, you know. I know, it's funny. <clears throat> yeah. It, 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 it's funny. It cracks me up. I'm surprised you didn't see it. No, I didn't. The last thing I saw him post was some letter he got from Casey Affleck reviewing, um, I think Jersey Girl That's or right something Back in 2003, yeah, he rev- the review of Jersey Girl. That was actually a good movie. From Casey Affleck, yeah. Mm-hmm. The more talented of the two brothers. <laughs> but Acting I, wise. I don't know. I just think maybe... <clears throat> or maybe, you know, Benefic's just trying to do sleight of hand misdirection. Maybe. You know, hey, we don't really have a script, but, you know, fucking they're a quarter of the way fucking done with it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, it just goes back and forth. We yeah, put something out. We don't have nothing. I think he's scared to death to repeat the Daredevil debacle, so he's not going to put out anything that's subpar or mediocre. But he didn't write Daredevil. 
No, I know, but just even anyway, like he's it'll proved. be ten times worse. But he's already proved he's fucking. He's not a bad Batman. Yeah, he, he plays the part all right. Yeah, more than all right. I thought he did pretty fucking good. He's the best thing about Batman Superman Donna Justice. <laughs> That's for sure. He's the best part of Suicide Squad. That whole fucking fifteen seconds. They say it's not even him. It sure looks like him. Yeah, he's not. He's not credited in it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that go uncredited in movies, though. So. I go uncredited in all of them. Yeah, which where were you in Suicide Squad? I was standing number forty two in the back of the city. Yep, you have to squint really hard and and look through fourteen like magnifying glasses just to see Kyle. Yep, sitting back there on his phone texting, <laughs> <laughs> cackling. Yep, cackling, cackling away, cackling Kyle. But I don't know. What else you got? Well, we got um, just jump into some news here today, and then we got some comic books to review, and then we actually have an interview for oh, you guys. Fuck, I forgot my comics to uh, to partake in from. He's a a self. Well, he's a well, I wouldn't say self funded, but he is a small comic book artist and writer who is doing a book called Kane. And he got picked up by a small comic book. Online publisher, yeah. It's so it's online, and I think it's online and in stores. In stores, I think. But I think it's called Advent Comics. Well, what's his, his name? Michael Metlin. So we got a, a He's a really nice guy. It was a real. It was. A, I enjoyed interviewing him. Kyle did a good job with the interview. I forgot to introduce Matt. <laughs> he did, so he can't <laughs> ever complain to me about not introducing him in the Mike Wheeler fucking interview. All right. I was watching a car chase. While Kyle was doing the interview, no, I had fun. Like I, when we'll review it when we get to it. You didn't care for the book as much as I did. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. Um, what I liked about it was it was gritty. Um, it reminded me of of being younger and and, and seeing those underground type comics. Mm-hmm. And then it also kind of reminded me of it was bloody and gory, so it kind of reminded me of like. Being, you know, like a 13-year-old kid trying to buy <coughs> that Faust comic from the co- from from Atomic Comics and them not mm-hmm. letting me buy it because it was too graphic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just had these elements in it that just reminded me of of being young for some reason. And I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it made me laugh. You know what I mean? It was, and it was, a, it was fun interviewing the guy. Yeah, you know, and he's been job. he's been tagging me in a lot of of his what's coming up. Like he sent me like, uh, like the next day, <clears throat> two days later, he sent me like the first five pages of issue number two. Like he sent me the panel of remember he was talking about the, uh, you guys will hear this in the interview about the rabbit exploding in the eye. Mm-hmm. He actually sent me that panel so that I could see it before it was uh, inked. Mm. You know, and he and it's it's you know number two. He's trying to get away with doing a Todd McFarlane uh, Spider Man three hundred cover swipe. Mm. So I actually think that's actually pretty cool. I, I don't know if he can actually really do that. I, I yeah. think I think I actually think the publisher's telling him that he probably can't. <coughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know if he can or can't. But I think it's pretty cool. I would like to. I like to see where it goes, and this, this is somebody I'd like to see. You could already see an, uh, an art improvement in the second book. 
You, you shamelessly plug and ask for a t-shirt? Oh, I will always. Everybody <laughs> that we interview, I will always ask for a t-shirt. Um, and like you guys will hear in the interview, it's, it's you know, and I, I would actually like to see, that'd be someone I'd like to see, like, I'd like to keep dibs on and track of and see it after tabs? 10 issues. I think you mean tabs, not dibs. Whatever. You don't want to own him? Yeah, I don't want to own him. I don't want dibs on him. But I, yeah, I want to keep tabs on him and like follow him and see. And then like ten issues, I like to see where the book is at. I would like to see where the story has gone. I would like to. I would like to interview him again and see what's what his thought process is. You know, then from now, now from then. Yeah. I would. You know, I'd, I he was he seemed like a really nice guy. Yeah, he it, it he was, was a nice guy. It was fun talking to him. It was a good interview. You did a good job. I even, I even, even though you did forget to introduce me, and I even wrote down all my uh, questions. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I just think it's fantastic because you didn't let me forget for like a week and a half <laughs> that I forgot to introduce you during that one interview, and then but, you you turn around in the middle, you start. I looked at you, I was like, "You didn't introduce me, you son of a bitch!" I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> then you tried to slide it in there just like I did. You did do that more gracefully than I did. I'll give you that. <laughs> you slid you slid me the fact that I was in there a lot more gracefully than I did with you with Wheeler. But <laughs> uh, and, and you're right. I did. I will cut you some slack on it now because you're right. Because I was in. You were like, well, you know what? You've got this. This is your thing. Roll with it. I'm going to sit here and watch the cool fucking car chase and watch the guy get shot on fucking yep. Facebook Live. That's right. And uh, and I was like, ah. and you you just get in that mode and you just run with it. And, you know, and that's, that's exactly what I did too. You just got in this mode and you just, you know, we just run with it. I think I'm going to write down, like, next time we do that, I'm going to write, like, a procedure. Like, I think we should do, like, interv- we should, like, introduce the show with him. Mm-hmm. So then nobody gets left out. <laughs> then there's no oh, way. Procedure is to doing interviews so nobody gets left out. <laughs> so we keep it all equal and fair and everybody gets a participation award. Oh, yeah. Because that's what we need. More Hopefully that shit goes away this year. Oh, participation awards, SJWs. You know, that's something we didn't cover on the year in show. What's that? What would we like to see disappear oh, that's from true. 2016 into 2017? Yeah, Harambe memes. Those can go. <laughs> Social justice warriors. That can go. Yeah. Like, what about like comic book wise? What? What? what did, did you see any comic book fad or anything come up that you would Deadpool. like? Deadpool. You like to see Deadpool go away? The Deadpool. Everything Deadpool. Like, there's no need for Gwenpool. There's no need for Duckpool. Duckpool. There's no need for. All of these these variations, they just gotta go. Making characters gay just to appease the audience mm-hmm. instead of making them their own character that's worthy of of being a superhero that's also gay. Yeah, you know what I'd really like to see change is I don't know how to I don't. The way I'm going to word this and the way this come out, I can already tell you it's going to come out wrong. Okay. But, and if Jose was here, he would use the word filthy casual, but I'm not going to use the word filthy casual. Okay. But what I would like, and this is more on a buying speculative and more than more of a actual 
okay. person of it. Just, I, just come out with it. Quit trying to soften the blow, because either way, it's, it's not going to... I would like to see a lot of these new people coming into comics stop driving the price of stupid comics up. So, to, to try and rephrase, <laughs> you want to see the people that are coming to comics because they saw the movie... Stop driving the price up of books, yes. Of books. Because what's happening is is stuff like Deadpool. Okay, Deadpool is is the first appearance of Deadpool. You can't find that book for less than two hundred and seventy five dollars. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what is driving these crazy online prices is this influx of people that are um, coming into it and trying to buy these. First appearances. These yeah. first appearances up, and what they're doing is 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 they're seeing the movie, and and what's what's feeding it is people who speculate know that this is what's going on, and that's why they put this price out in the yeah. beginning. That's high because they know these these hey, do you collect comics? Yeah, I got four of them. Kind of people are coming in and they're and they're buying up this. These ones that, yes, most other comic book collectors should have a lot of these in their collections. Yeah. But it, it, it's just a trend that I'm seeing, and I was hoping like it was a f- it was a fad, but over the last few years, it just seemed it's 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 increasing. It's not going down. It's, well, I don't think it's going down anytime soon. I think it's just gonna like, keep going up. Look at well, look what it's doing now with um. What is it? AD After Death, Scott Snyder's new book. It's been picked up and, and it's being optioned for a movie. What did that do? Fucking automatically, people are buying that shit up. Oh my god, it's going to be a movie. Witches. Oh, that's been optioned by Brad Pitt to be a movie. Oh, buy those up. And it has, but now you're now you're sitting here because yeah, Brad gonna, Pitt might not use it right for ten years. It could sit on the blacklist for years before it ever gets made. And I think that's the other thing that needs to stop happening is all of this. Like, try to find it. Rob Liefeld just sold all the rights to all of his shitty characters. Yeah, the, yeah, I saw that. And he sold it for millions. Yeah. So somebody came in and bought these options to to purposely be able to one day maybe make a film out of these 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 sec, these Rob Liefeld characters that <gasps> that people actually don't really care very much for yeah but i i think in the speculative market that's where i kind of want to see things chill out like books are going to be expensive books but we don't need yeah people who, okay how's it, let me let me word this like this learn the game and i guess the only way you can learn the game is to actually do it but learn how to buy these books without driving these prices up does that make sense yeah Rob Liefeld, um, Liefeld's Extreme Universe to become a multi-film franchise. Yep. So. How much did he sell it for? Um, the rights to this shit. doesn't say in this article. Millions. Let me try and find another one. Um, well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying with that one. But a lot of them are still... Like New Mutants, Deadpool is a hot book. It's going to be a hot book, but yeah, when it comes down to it, you're driving. I see where you're coming with that driving the price. People up. are making the price. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if people are constantly bidding on these and they're driving these prices up to hundreds. Like okay, like the first appearance of Cable. Mm-hmm. 
That book has like tripled in price, you know what I mean? Since the the Deadpool movie. And it's people coming in going and buying this stuff up. Which see, it's coming out wrong. It's totally coming out wrong. And and I totally believe like in selling and buying books and you know what? There's 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 characters out there that I've I've grown attached to that I've said I would like that first appearance and everybody does it but essentially what you're saying is quit being suckers quit going to the movies and then being like oh well I want this first appearance of this guy and then buying into the people's high prices for it because at that point it becomes a, what that person wants to sell it for and it, it automatically goes off the eBay price of the first fucking five people to sell that book are what the price is going to be set at mm-hmm. so if you're going to go see Deadpool, and you're going to be one of those suckers who's going to buy a new Mutants 98 for $300, well, then the next guy is going to try and sell it for $300, and the next guy is going to try and sell it for $300. And then if you become the real sucker and you pay $500 for it, then everybody else is going to start trying to sell that book at fucking $500, and it just raises and inflates the book is what you're saying is you're you're essentially – I'm not trying to be mean to anybody or, or hurt anyone's feelings, but essentially you're being made to be a sucker because you want the first appearance of this character because you liked him in the movie and you want to read about him more. Mm-hmm. And and they know that they can get you because you're going to pay that price and you're setting that market price, but then it's going up because the next dude who's got balls is like, well, let me see if I can sell it for $100 more. Yeah. This is a better graded copy, you know? Oh. And, I'm, and I'm all for buying, you know, you, you, you like somebody, you want to buy their appearances and stuff, but don't. That's just one fad I'd like to have said gone this 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 overinflated speculation market and variants. That's my second thing. I'd like to see go by the wayside. Yeah, variants need to go back down to being minuscule, not twenty fucking variants. Well, for look each. at the look at the uh, what well, what just came out with one. What's it, the Avengers? Uh, U.S. Avengers. Yes, there's one for every fucking state. There's f- holy shit. Do you yeah. really need that many variants? Right. Like my comic book store, um, they stopped. They did. They didn't even buy any. They said, "Sorry, that's too many books we have to buy." Yeah. Like if you really want these variants, you can ask us in advance for them. Like that, we'll get them for you. But it's you know it's too hard. They said it's too hard for them to constantly buy variants. Well, yeah, because you have to buy so many of the original book. Like what Marvel for, does per- is it's. Whatever you bought of some odd book, it's 200% more. You have to buy 200% of that book to get this variant. And that's, I don't know, that's like you're like strongholding people. You know what I mean? You're like yeah. twisting their arms at the, because their customers want stuff, but they have to buy 200% of a book that people aren't going to buy to get that one. So what do you do? You have to raise the cost of that one variant. Then nobody wants to buy it because yeah. you're a dick because your your prices are too high. I don't know. Rob Liefeld. All, all I'm seeing, there, no one's giving it a, an exact price. All I'm seeing is that it was seven figures. Seven figures. But then he, this website has a picture of Rob Liefeld and Easy E on it. <laughs> because it's talking about all the stuff from Image. It's it's a lot of his Image uh, right stuff that he did when he was with Image is what he yeah. sold. I think that's why. Well, it's because. And Easy E fucking is a player. People were like, oh, I love Deadpool. Let me buy up all this other Rob Liefeld bullshit. And, you know, it's just it's change. You know, depend, it doesn't matter what my personal opinion on the guy is, is 
he's still a shitty artist. His shit is still bad. Even to this day, it's bad. Even to this day, he can't draw feet. He can't draw hands. He can't draw guns. <laughs> that one Arizona, amazing Arizona Walking Dead cover he did wasn't bad. Did you ever see the gun fucking Rick's holding? The shotgun? I can't remember it offhand. The fucking, look at look at New Mutants 98. Look at how small Deadpool's feet are. Oh, f- and look at fucking the gun he's holding. Looks like it should be yeah, like some futuristic space pistol. It's terrible. Look at the uh, cover he did, the Amazing Arizona variant for um, Spider-Man Deadpool. And how f- massive Deadpool's chest is. If you look online, and again, I'm not going to bash the guy, but if you look online and you type in Rob Liefeld, because I was when I was looking for this this um, stuff for you, the first thing that comes up is the 40 worst drawings of Rob Liefeld. <laughs> the big fucking chested Captain America. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. <clears throat> the floating head Captain America. He has boobies. Yeah. My phone. Every time I write variant, it changes it to variant. <laughs> I have to type it like three times. Variant. <clears throat> I got it right here. There's the shotgun. Yeah. It is an odd shotgun. Actually, no, it's not a very cover. Never mind. The zombies behind it are good, but Rick and Coral look shitty. Yep. Never mind, I took it back. The zombies look good, though. Remember, that's, I, I and that's that. my problem, is that he wants fucking, like, $25 to sign that book, and all he did was do the fucking cover on it. <laughs> he signed my uh, second appearance of Deadpool. To Kyle. For $15. Did he? He charged me $15 right to Kyle, your friend. <laughs> Robbie, Bob yeah. Lightfield. And be very hesitant about it. Oh, he didn't like the idea at all. We're it's not f- friends. It's one of my favorite Rob Liefeld stories. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he remembers me if I ask him about that. We're not friends. We're not, what makes you think we're friends? Yeah. The fact that I actually said that to you. Because he's a dick. Yeah, fuck that guy. What makes you think we're friends? You should go back to making jeans commercials and bragging about how I never went to art school. <laughs> you ever see that commercial? No. you never seen that commercial? No. Oh, so. dude, you gotta look that up. It's a Levi's commercial. From when? From the 90s. And he's bragging about how he never he never went to art school. <laughs> yeah, we could tell. So, yeah, your anatomy is fucking garbage. But <clears throat> hey, seven figures to sell off all of his Hey man. His B his B characters. Yeah. That that hey, why does he care, you know? He doesn't we, care. We can sit here and say talk about how garbage he is. He's like, Yep, yeah, I'm gonna count how garbage I am all the way to the bank. Every dollar bill at a time. <laughs> yep. One million, mm-hmm. two million, three million. <laughs> I got seven figures here to show you how garbage I am. Well, right. Yeah, you had a character. You, just, you guys just keep doing your podcast. Yep. <laughs> you keep doing your shitty little podcast over there, and I'll got my seven figures. Oh, did I just trip over a stack of money? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, man, it's hot. I'm going to fan myself with a stack of hundreds. He's, he's wiping his ass with $20 oh, yeah. bills. Fucking flicking him at you. Oh, I'll tell you an interesting story today. So I went to the bank today to deposit money in my account. Baller. And uh, as I'm driving, there's this guy on the side of the road who's got a gas can and a sign that says, um, out of gas. <laughs> so I had gotten a gas, a $25 shell gas card for Christmas in my stocking for my parents. So I was like, oh, you know what? Was he in front of the shell station by your house? No. Oh. He was up on Bell Road. But um, he he had a, he was standing by the Chili's up there. And he had a, so I was like, you know what? I'll give him this gas card. And, you know, it's 25 bucks. Yeah, it would be nice not to spend 25 bucks, but he may need it for me more. 
He didn't want that shit, did he? No, he threw it back at me. Did he really? Yeah, so I handed him, I handed, I go, here you go. He goes, what's that? I go, it's a $25 gift card to Shell. There's a Shell about a block away. You can get your gas. He goes, I don't want that. I want cash. He says, do you have any cash? And <laughs> So I you didn't really like, even want gas? Nope. I was like, no, I don't have any cash. I have this card. So either you can use this card to get gas or we're done here. And he was like, I don't want that. And fucking threw it back at me. Fuck it. Get he was gas like, I want cash. And I was like, all right. And drove away. He didn't want fucking gas. Nope. He wanted fucking money to go buy booze or drugs or... That's... I know I told the story on the show before, but it's just like when the guy was asking me for gas and I said, I said, fuck yeah, dude. Pour your, dude where's your car at, man? Fuck yeah. Let's... I'll put gas... We'll, I'll help you push your car up. We can get you gas right now. I'll get you, yeah. I'll get you some gas. Oh, my ga- My car's at the gas station on 27th Avenue. I said, well, you're on 43rd, dude. Yeah. Why are you two miles away from your car asking for gas money? <laughs> right. Just, I want, just give me money. I said, I'll get you some gas. Yeah. And he got pissed at me. Like, we almost got in a fight in the parking, or right for the gas pumps, because I was like, dude, I'll get you gas. Yeah. I would have put, like, 10 or 15 bucks in his tank. It would have probably gone to whatever sob, I can't even remember his sob story now. Yeah. I probably would have got him there. But this guy had his little red gas can and his sign that says, out of gas and, and waving them both. And I was like, fuck you, dude. He's a liar. Yep. That guy's, you should have taken a picture and put it on Facebook like everybody else has been doing. Yeah. I don't dox people. You what? I don't dox people. Yeah. I see a lot of people doing that with panhandlers, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All the time. Well, and they're really bad here this time of year because it's cooler. Because so. they bust them in. Yeah. But then the, the panhandlers come out and the... The swindlers, so you don't know who actually needs help and who doesn't. When you follow the dude in his ripped jeans back to his Maserati, <laughs> you know? He drives away in a Porsche. Yeah. Fucking Lamborghini peels out, <laughs> throws his sign out the window and fucking... Suckers! Smashes you in the face with it as he drives away, sprays you with a puddle. <laughs> Flicks his cigarette at you. Yeah. All right, let's get into some news here. Um, the Star Wars Brain Trust are set to meet at Lucasfilm's um, sometime in the future to discuss Leia's uh, future in the the Star Wars films. I, I think her future's a little dim in it. Yeah. Do you know Disney got fifty million for her dying? I'm sure they did. They had a uh, insurance policy on her. Yeah. Yeah. They got fifty million. I, I'm sure they took it out after fucking uh, the door fell on Harrison Ford <laughs> during the the filming of Episode Seven. They got fifty million for her death. And then when he fucking crashed his plane. There's probably another insurance policy. Because they had an insurance policy because she was she was locked in for three movies. Yeah. And I think she only got to do two. So since she doesn't get to do that third movie, they yeah. got to pay out a $50 million. The Team Yam Star Wars uh, Episode Nine is faced with the decision on how the actor's unexpected death on December 27th. A heart attack on a spaceship. Well, no. <laughs> Will impact the on-screen future of our Star Wars character. It is said that the Brain Trust will meet soon on how to proceed with the character moving forward. Luckily, Episode 8 had been finished shooting before her untimely death. It is said that Leia is set to have the biggest role she's ever had in the movies in Episode 9, um, even bigger than in Episode 8. The, uh, the talks are that they might change the script and write her out of it completely, or they might use CGI, much like they did in Rogue One, to give princess, uh, the princess the definitive end to her story she deserves. As long as the CGI is better in episode nine than it was in Rogue One. Like what she should do is she should like jump out of like her spaceship with like a sword or lightsaber or something and like like something that she, and then she like burns up 
<laughs> so you know, she's I mean, like, "Ha!" And then a fucking <laughs> missile hits her ship, and she's, <laughs> or she falls out, and she like <laughs> she trips, <laughs> she trips coming in the X-wing, like breaks her neck. <laughs> <laughs> she like walks out like a. It fucking the afterburners turn on and it like fucking fries her into a little it's a little poof yeah. of fucking black little charcoal. <laughs> oh my god, Kylo Ren just rips her in half. <laughs> he has a malfunction with her light with the lightsaber and she it's her looking at down it. It's not working and it yeah. fucking <laughs> right through her head. Right through the fucking eyes. Oh man. I don't know. At least Harrison Ford doesn't have to do another one. He's dead. Yeah, they're here. He died. In the films, anyways. Yeah. Did you see what's going on on the internet that fucking the Gilligans died? Yeah, I saw that. Someone posted it on Facebook and I called him out on it. Yeah, it was like he died in 2005. Yeah. Rest in peace, Gilligan. I was like, dude, he died in 2005. The guy was like, oh, yeah, I noticed that after I had posted. There's this thing called edit or delete. You should fucking stop right. spamming. People just see <clears throat> it and just repost it. Yep. Yeah. Were you ever a fan of the show Charmed, Kyle? Uh, I watched. I, I, yeah. There's a Charmed reboot in the works at Brenda? CW. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Having originally aired on the WB, Charmed will make a comeback to the CW. The network has ordered a script for the reboot, which will uh, reimagine the original series. No other information is made available at this time. I didn't watch it when it was new, but you know what I mean? Like, when I'm at home, like, during the week, it's on TNT. Yeah. Like, that and Angel. And I get I, I get sucked into those blocks of, of Angel and uh, Charmed. That's usually what happens to me when I'm, like, sick and I'm flipping through the channels because yeah. I didn't go to work that day. It'll be like on, and you're like, oh, fuck. You watch it, and you're like, God, oh, they're so hot. Right? <laughs> you're, like, drooling. Oh, my God, they're so hot. Is that Rose McGowan was in it? Uh, Yes. She was. I like it when they after that. That's right around when they they're like they made him like super sexy looking. Like, yeah, like everything was cleavage based. It was awesome. I would be better if they would pull this, like that's where their charm. That's where their magic would have come from. Yeah, but in their cleavage, like they had to dig into their shirt and then like. Yeah, was it Rose McGowan? Isn't that who does I Zombie? Who the fuck does I Zombie? <laughs> You got me questioning us now. <laughs> That's fucking funny. I thought Rose McGowan. I think you're right. Hold on. <laughs> That's fucking funny. More like look. Alyssa Milano, it. Shannon Doherty was first. Yeah, Rose McGowan. Yeah, Rose McGowan. That was right. Oh, I forgot Penny from Big Bang was in it. Was she? Did you see that they're set to draw the to do an episode of Big Bang all through flashbacks? All through flashbacks. Yeah, they're gonna do an episode of Big Bang where the entire thing takes place through flashbacks. That'd be cool. They need to start it from when the first flashback of when, when they, when Sheldon and Leonard are first roommates, and he's uh, Leonard made that foam shit, and then Leonard or Sheldon's like, it's gonna explode. And they run it, and they throw it in the elevator, and that's why they don't have an elevator. Like they, <laughs> that was a flashback. Was it? Yeah. That's because they were explaining. He was he was explaining it. And you think after fucking nine or ten seasons, that elevator would get fucking fixed, right? <laughs> you you think? Fucking cheap ass fucking building. Yeah. But I think that would actually be cool. Like, as long as it's not stuff that we've seen, 
like that 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 scene where they threw the foam shit after it ignited into the thing and it blew up that that's something that we never seen as long yeah. as, as long as it's not like like the the best of the big bang theory you know what i mean yeah like as long as it's shit that we haven't seen like they you love you some big bang theory yeah it's fucking awesome <laughs> but it it just goes with me with me watching crappy movies yeah um, i guess you watch Big Bang Theory too. I do. I I find it funny. It's fucking hilarious. You <clears throat> just just you just can't look into it. You can't. They're too nerdy. Who gives a fuck, dude? It's funny. They, you well, like you can't like everything. People say that to me all the time. They're like, "You must like Big 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 Bang Theory then, since you like comics." Well, what makes you say that? Because that shows right up your alley. It, it's basically what you're you're into. I go, yeah, but that's kind of stereotypical. Like that stereotyping, like. I don't understand why people take so much hatred to that show. I don't. I, I watch it for the comedy. It makes me laugh. Otherwise, it's, it's not centered around comic books. It's right. It's a secondary part. It's just it, it, they try to make these guys like. To me, it's a it's a stupid background noise, and I, I just think it's funny. Like I don't fucking care. Like, you catch yourself like when they're in the comic book store and they're at their house reading comics. I got it. Got it. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I'm like looking around to see what's around. And they like, have. Yeah. They're they're pretty current though with books. They are. They're very current. Yes, they're already into rebirth. Yep, they're very current. So, like when they had uh, Batman Fifty. Yep, I think they had Flash Rebirth on there too. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, I think it's funny. I mean, it's 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 not as funny as it once was. Yeah. Like those first few seasons, like four or five seasons, are fucking. They're, it it's pretty funny, but. After that, it's hit and miss. Well, it's just people are like, there's no one out there as neurotic as Sheldon. Yeah, there fucking is. There's a shitload of people. <laughs> yeah. There's a shitload of them. You know, and I know a comic book or- owner who reminds me a lot of Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them, actually. <laughs> so <clears throat> that shows that show has its issues, but it's not far off. Yeah. Um, and and there is a Captain Sweatpants in every comic book store. Yep. <laughs> um, Girl Meets World officially canceled. The final episode of the Boy Meets World spinoff titled Girl Meets Goodbye hits the Disney Channel on January 20th. Girl Meets Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> we'll bring just about every guest star back in the fold. Fans of the show still hold out hope that the show will be picked up for a fourth season by Freeform, which used to be ABC Family or Netflix, allowing the show to continue and touch on more age-appropriate subject matters, uh, much like its predecessor, Boy Meets World, did when it was on ABC. I know Andy's upset about that one. <laughs> he posted it all over Facebook today. Did he really? Yeah. He's he's upset about that one. Uh, I don't think I ever watched an episode of it. I, I have. I'm a huge Boy Meets World fan, and it was cool just to watch them older and with their own kids, but... I'm actually kind of shocked that it's only lasted three seasons, but I liked Boy Meets World. It was funny. I'm I'm not shocked that it did because it was on Disney Channel, and I figured at some point they're going to have to grow up and face more mature situations, and it's not going to be Disney Channel appropriate anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Disney Channel seems to be pretty hit and miss now. <clears throat> I don't, only... I don't see, I'm just I'm just happy my kids are past Disney Channel. Yeah. So I don't. I, I... They still watch Cartoon Network. I don't really. No. No, I, I still watch Cartoon Network. I don't watch Cartoon Network at all anymore. I only do it for Adult Swim and King of the Hill. 
The last time I watched Adult Swim, I was like, fuck most of these shows on here. I like King of the Hill. Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> King of the Hill's always be funny. Um, if you are a Dragon Ball fan, starting Saturday, Cartoon Network and Toonami is going to start airing Dragon Ball Super. As well as the final arc in Dragon Ball Kai, which is Majin Buu Saga. They should, they should start. They should just play Dragon Ball from the very beginning. That's what they've been doing. Even like when they had to go get all the Dragon Balls. Yeah. Like that beginning. Yeah. Oh shit. That's that's the Dragon Ball I remember. You remember the original series? Yeah. Where Goku's a kid. And Frieza. <clears throat> well, that's Dragon Ball Z. That's Dragon. I know. Yeah. Those. That's. But that's what I remember. I remember Dragon Ball. Them going for the Dragon Balls. Mm-hmm. And you know. And then I remember Dragon Ball Z. And yeah. then I think I don't I didn't watch it after that, I don't think. So there you but go. But they're playing all those on there too? Yeah. Like they have all Dragon Ball and Dragon yeah. Ball Z. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they usually start from the beginning of the series and then go all the way to the end. Do you remember for a while they were putting putting like kick ass songs in there? Like I remember the Deftones were at a Dragon They do those Ball. in the movies, yeah. They did in the show too, I think. For a while they were doing that too. I know, like, the Lord Slug movie has a Death Tone song in it. Maybe that's what it's from. But, yeah, the movies, they do that a lot. I think that's cool. <clears throat> a show that I actually really enjoy is coming to an end. Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney XD is set to air its two-episode um, two final this month. Ultimate Spider-Man's four se- uh, fourth season will draw to a close with a two-part uh, two big finale for the show's Marvel Ultimate Spider-Man vs. Sinister Six. The Oops. two-part series final will air this Saturday, January 7th at 7.30 p.m. on Disney XD. So that's another show that's coming to an end. Wow, it looks like Disney Channel doesn't get past season four. No. Um, not unless your name's Hannah Montana. Do they still play that? <coughs> no. Oh, that's fucking old as shit. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other, I mean, there really wasn't a lot going on there. There's a lot of news, but a lot of it is stuff that took place before we, we left the, the, you know, Carrie Fisher dying, her mom dying. Like it, it kind of all took place while we were on break. So I'm sure you've all heard it already and it's all been saturated through. And so the last little bit of thing I I, I did is <clears throat> I always find myself thinking, man, I can't, I forgot this movie was coming out. I forgot this movie was coming out. I forgot the movie was coming out. So, the most anticipated movies of 2017. Guardians of the Galaxy. Thor Ragnarok, November 3rd. Dude, I've been hearing a lot. Like, that is going to be, like, the movie <coughs> to see. Yeah. <laughs> that comes out November 3rd. Uh, we have Logan, which comes out March 3rd. Fuck. So, a couple months away. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm not even... I'm not going to watch that on the internet. I'm going to... You're going to go movie. to the theater for I'm it? going to the theaters oh, to see that. And Guardians of the Galaxy. I j- for every Christmas, my sister gets me the Harkins uh, gift thing. Yeah. So it's we can it's enough for us to go see a couple movies. We have our Harkins T-shirt, so we could get our free popcorn. And your Harkins cups. And we have our Harkins cups. Yep. But this year they did it different. They didn't do. They usually do all the movies that are coming out that year. Yeah. They didn't. They they did it differently this it's year. Like their mug shots and stuff. Yeah, because I've yeah. got them too. Um. <clears throat> Then there's Transformers: The Last Night, June twenty third. Kingman, or Kingsman: The Golden Circle, October sixth. Hell yeah, Batman. Ghost in a Shell, March thirty first. Oh, Scarlet. Lego Batman movie, February tenth. That's gonna be fucking cool. 
Spider-Man Homecoming, July 7th. Going to the movies to see that. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, May 5th. Going to the movies to see that. Wonder Woman, Ju- Wonder Woman June 2nd. Watching that on the internet. Star Wars Episode 8, December 15th. Watching that on the internet. Justice League, November 17th. I'm going to wait till I see more commercials on it. But as it sits right now, I'm going to watch that one on the internet. Those are so far the most anticipated movies of 2017. And I'll have to do Kyle's crappy poop shoot movie review. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> to, to coexist in battle mat in a matinee. <laughs> yep. Since I watch the crappy movies, I'll have to do crappy yeah. movie reviews. Poop shoot. What did we, what did we say it was called? We, I mean, we took it from Jay and Silent Bob. We know that. Yeah. But what was it? Kyle's poop shoot movie review? Yeah. Where you only review bad movies. Review you go review, review movies that people are bad. Yeah. Although I pretty much did that with Assassin's Creed. That movie was dog shit. Dude, it was terrible. Like, you know what the... Okay, like, that was... I played that video game. I played, like, most of it before I got bored. And that movie was very... Um, the whole premise of Assassin's Creed is, like, you're a shadow. You're behind. Like, yeah. Like, not knowing anybody... Not, not alarming people that you're there right. is a big premise of the game. Yeah. And it was constant chasing. He was constantly being chased. He was never very secretive. He was never very, um, you know what I mean? And it was, the movie was very rushed. Yeah. That's what it seemed like it to me. Like it was, it was go, 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 go. Like it should have been, I thought it being Assassin's Creed, it was going to be more like, like stealthy s- stealthy yes yeah more slick more behind like more in the shadows more but that fucking thing that he was in man that the was letting him, that was f- like i think in the uh in the in the game the original game he was laying down yeah it's almost like a dentist chair yeah and this i thought that that was the one thing that i thought was kind of cool about it so like they got to watch what was going on. Yeah. Like, I actually thought that was actually, that was kind of a the best concept of the movie. But even Michael Fassbender could not save that movie. I thought that was actually a terrible thing because it was like a distracting because they would show the fight scene. And, and then they would slip back yeah, to him. Yeah, 1492 and then flip back to him and then flip back to the fight scene. So it was like, it was taking you out of everything. But I thought the thing, around. I thought it was actually kind of, that thing of it was actually cool. So it was moving with it. Yeah. So he could actually be like, and then, you know, like, and then he was like, through his thoughts, he was, you know, getting his martial arts skills and yeah. fucking, he could kick ass and shit. And I don't know. I just, it felt right. The whole movie felt very rushed to me. Yeah. And I was kind of bummed out because I was actually excited for that movie. Like, and I didn't like, he didn't jump into hay. Right. Jumped into water. What the, I don't know if that's a different assassin. Yeah. I don't know if he does that in a different Assassin's Creed game or not. Well, no, you can jump into the water, but yeah, but the 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 that jump thing is hey, that's that yeah. was you know what I mean. I forgot what it's called now, but well, like the one thing I hated was when they show the big jump, like his leap of faith off that's the bu- the building. It should be hey. It well, it cut back to him in the Animus. So like the, the big one off the top, like the the bell Where he tower. Falls into the water. Well, no, you don't even get to see that one. Because he like cuts back. Yeah, you see him in the water the, and he swims up. Mm, I don't remember that. 
Where I remember is it cuts from fucking. It does it as he comes in. It cuts back. And he's uh-huh. kind of in there, but then it cuts into him, oh, it being right, water, yeah. and it comes up to like him's like yeah. like trying like to get back to the to the surface, and it shows him coming back to the surface. And Still stuff. stupid. Like I wait. That was the one thing I waited the entire fucking movie for him to do is jump into a fucking thing of hay. Yep. And he didn't do it. It was fucking water. <laughs> but I don't know. I get you know what? I, I out of. I gave that like a five. I gave it a 1.5. I gave it a 5 out of 10. It was fucking dog shit. I gave it a 1.5. That will be a movie I will not watch when it hits HBO. (laughs) Like, I will fucking keep clicking past that one. Because that... It was bad. Like, Michael Fassbender could not be excited that... Like, he he could not have gone to the premiere and watched that and went, that was fucking great. He, he, I guarantee there was once in that movie he just put his head down and he fucking just nodded. He probably still hasn't seen it. You don't think so? I thought they all go to the premiere and see it. No. Right, like days before it comes out. I thought that's what I the, don't, whole, I don't think they, the whole red carpet thing is for. He probably goes to the premiere and then leaves before the movie's even shown. Movie's shit, though. Yes, it is. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get into the second half of our episode where we review some comic books that came out this week. I uh, got about one, two, three books, four books that came out this week. I have four books, but I forgot them at home, but good thing they're in my mind. In his mind. Uh, let's start off with Old Man Logan. Okay. Old I'm Man. so glad. I'm going to start with this. I am so fucking glad that Sorrentino is back to drawing this book. Yes. Because I was very, because it was two issues where we had a different artist, and it took... Besides vampires, it took a lot of the <clears throat> the feel of this book out. It, it sucked you. That art sucked you out of that book. Even though Lemire continued to draw it, it just wasn't the same. Sorrentino. Drew I mean, it. write it. Sorry, fucking yeah. my thinking. No, it's 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 his art is what really keeps you into this book. Like yeah. it's it's written very well too. But the the art, it's kind of like when when Capullo stopped writing Batman or drawing Batman. Like it was, it was Snyder still writing it, but it just wasn't the fucking same because you yeah. were in this book. You're used to Sorrentino drawing this book, yeah, and it just it wasn't the same. This book is is it's very good this issue, but it's also kind of wacky. Um, I liked it because it feels like you are being ripped in and out of Old Man Logan's thoughts. Yeah. Like, as he's thinking of it, you're thinking of it. There is no build-up to it. There is no, you're ripped from one thought, and you're, like, slammed back into another. Well... That's the vibe that I got from it. What I mean by wonky is that he's somehow now back into the Badlands, or to the um, Badlands. Not Badlands. Wasteland. I just figured that was a transition from what they had been doing, and they just, they needed a starting point. Yeah, and it could be. But then he gets, he gets attacked by, like, the devil dinosaur... And then there's the Spider-Man symbol there. Right? And that's when I was like, why Why is that? But then again, I'm like looking at it harder. I'm like, it almost looks like the Venom symbol to me. Not Spider-Man. Except red. Well, it's red and white because that's what the color is. Yeah, for the page. But I mean, upon looking at it closer, I'm like, is that Spider-Man or is that Venom? That's, you know, I was doing the same thing and I was like, I was going to send that picture to you, but I knew you hadn't read it yet. So I didn't want to like... And then it cuts, and then the whole thing takes place in space. So that's what made me think it was Venom too. Is so he's in the 
an alpha flight. Yeah. So when Kyle is saying he's getting, he's, you're getting ripped through his memories because he start where the book starts off. He's in the badland or in the wastelands. I, I want to keep calling it the badlands because of that fucking stupid show <laughs> into the badlands. Um, he's in the wastelands, and then it cuts to him on the the Quinjet. Or not Quinjet, but the fucking what? What do they call the Quinjet in X Men? Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. And he's going into space because he received a distress call from Alpha Flight, um, and from Puck from Alpha Flight. And yeah, he only wanted he only wanted Logan to come by himself. Yeah, and so <clears throat> Logan gets to the spacecraft. I think Shield gives him twenty four hours to figure out what's going on. And then they're going to fucking send everybody up to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And as he's up there, um, he gets attacked by, um, what is the brood, is it? Yeah, the other people from Alpha Flight. He gets attacked by, I can't remember, who is it that it fucking attacks him? Um, but it's fucking, I don't know, it's, the only thing I was wondering is, He's in a spacesuit. He's walking around in space, but then he goes, snick it. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't puncture his uh, spacesuit. Yeah. But yeah, the brood. So he's worried about the brood, and, and it shows him going to Las Vegas. And he's like, This is the last place I remember being before I went back into time and before I went back and, and ended up with the X Men again. And he takes a, um, a child. To be looked after by, um, wasn't it? Uh, it's a Hulk kid. Hulk's kid. He, um, yeah, he says a Hulk child. I don't know if it's Hulk's kid or not, but it probably is. Um, oh, it's his grandkid. I came here with the baby banner's grandkid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he leaves the kid with, uh, Danielle, um, Cage, Luke Cage, and mm-hmm. Jessica Jones' dog. I thought that was a nice twist. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. Especially, and it's a nice, it's actually a really a nice homage to Brian Michael Bendis, who's writing Jessica Jones right now, because that book has been kind of centered around their kid and Jessica hiding the kid. So it's kind of a nice homage to Bendis, who was writing this before Lemire took over, mm-hmm. that he used her. And the kid's gone, and then it like cuts back to him and Spice, uh, Spice, him and Space fighting the Brood again, and then he starts getting his ass kicked by Sasquatch and all the other members of Alpha Flight that are taking over, and then Puck finds him and he's kind of like explaining to him what's going on, and then it cuts back again to him talking to, uh, to Danielle Cage, um, and then back to him and talking to Puck, and then something happens where he's like, "It's cold. I'm I'm extremely cold." You know, and then it cuts back to him with Puck, and then like the, the door blows open, and you see Logan getting blown out into space, and he's like so cold. I remember what happened now, and then that's where it ends. I mean, yeah, you're just you're, and, and it's 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 going back and forth the whole time. So yeah, like, and it's like I don't know if you're if you're actually like like he's still just laying there like in the wastelands, and it's this is what is like is going through his mind. Yeah. Because that's what it seems like to me, and you're just being ripped. He's just having all these thoughts, and he's just he's just bouncing in between all of these thoughts. Or if it's supposed to be like uh, I, the way I kind of got it after reading it was maybe it's like that whole your life flashes before your eyes type thing when you're dying. Yeah, 
And since he's out in space, now all these like images are are racing through his head, kind of like what you said, and, and you're being pulled through his his internal thought process as he's dying. But I, I liked that. I like this was my pick of the week. Really, it was it, it honestly, I between Old Man Logan and Batman. I, Batman's I, mine. It was it it was like it, it's it's seriously like a forty nine fifty one. Yeah. Like I thought Batman was very poetic and it flowed and it was, it's really cool. But the, 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 the gritty and craziness of old man Logan and the fact that you're still not, you ended that book, not even a hundred percent sure what you read. Right. That's fucking cool. I've read this probably three times and I don't know. Yeah. I read it. I'm still like, uh, I ended it and then I just, I just thumbed it back (sighs) This is probably one of my most finger-fucked comics right now. Because they do a good job usually of telling you when you're reading something that happened in the fa- in the past or reading something that's yeah, current. Yeah, because it, it was differentiated by color. Yeah. The the borders were colored. Yeah, and now like it's not doing that anymore. So it's just like, what is going on? Like, how how is this all supposed to be processed? And and I guess it, it really left open an interpretation because... You and I have both kind of d- interpreted this book different ways. So that, I mean, and that's one reason why it's the pick of my, w- the pick of the week pick for Pick of me. your week. The pick of my week. Yeah. But it's because it, it left me wondering. Yeah. But I liked it. I, the, I gave it a nine, nine, five. Yeah. I it think, was, I think that's phenomenal. pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty good score. Um, the next one. You had one different than me, huh? What? No. Books. I'll say. So you had I, Nightwing. I don't. What'd you have? You have four books. Well, because I have two copies of Walking Dead. Oh. I don't have Nightwing. I dropped Nightwing. I'll do Nightwing real quick. I didn't bring it. <laughs> pass. It, hard pass. 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 It was pass. a filler book. It's It's leading you into what's going on. Nightwing's figuring out no matter what he's going to do, he's he he's not going to break away from being Nightwing. He can't even go to Bloodhaven to to find himself because and that's where I'm I think that's where this is getting at is he doesn't need to find himself because he already knows who he is. He is Nightwing. You know what I mean? He has it figured out. And I think that's what this is leaning to. But what it is is there's a group of people that had all from the last issue they had all been kind of thrown out of Gotham and they had gone to Bloodhaven and they had kind of started started a support group. They're 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 like they're the villains that nobody really cared about. Yeah. And there was five of them and two of them are kind of getting there's one at a time they're being framed for murder, different murders. And now there's only a few of them left and and they think they knew who did it. So they're kind of and they're they're kind of they didn't like Nightwing because you know he was Batman's sidekick, and, and, yeah. and they they had all kind of busted him, and they've kind of rallied with him because they know that that you know they're in this support group and they're trying to make their lives better. And these two people being framed for murder, so they've all kind of joined up to figure out who is trying to frame them for murder, and that's kind of where it left off. Is it is that, and that's kind of what the whole book is about? They're interviewing people and the person that they thought did it. Um, didn't like he was actually trying to run and hide because he actually thought he was like next on the list to get killed. And he was like a shady businessman, and 
And it's, I'm having a hard time. That book was kind of a hard time for me because it's, it's losing. It, something needs to, to build up and happen. We need, I need some excitement. Uh-huh. And I think, I, I think what Sealy needs to do is, you know, it, it needs to kick in. Like, you know, in this book, they've, He's becoming the poster boy for tourism for Bloodhaven, a superhero. You know what I mean? There's like, you know, they're drawing it away from the casino. And I think they need to kick in. It needs to kick in. He needs to find a real villain to fight. And that's what needs to happen. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's what's going to kick in with this, this story arc is that this is what's going to happen. It's finally, he's going to find his groove in Bloodhaven and finally become... Nightwing. Well, yeah, because they they ended that arc with him in Raptor, and that book has not recovered since then. It has not been the same book since. He's then. he's having a hard time getting his footing being in Bloodhaven. He's mm-hmm. it it started out good, but now it's it's he's having a hard time finding footing again. So I'm hoping this it really kicks in. So, so what was your grade of, of Nightwing? I gave it a. Like a six eight. I didn't pick it up. I I, thumb, I thumbed through it at the comic book store, and like I said, I've been getting really bored with that book. And I thumbed through it, and I was looking at, it, and I was like, this literally looks like he's fighting a killer whale on the cover of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, that's what he's doing inside yeah, of it. I was like, it's I'm an orca, not, I think it's an orca. Yeah, I'm I guess not, it's a killer whale. Yeah, I'm not reading this fucking book. And I took it and put it back on the shelf. I was like, take Nightwing off my pull list because until it picks up, I want nothing to do with it. I what did I take off my pull list? Justice League. I took that off my pull. Walking list. Dead. <laughs> Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm, and I'll get to it later. I'm very fucking disappointed in Walking Dead. Like, I'm beside myself. With <clears throat> well, let's just do it now. We'll save Batman for last since it's probably the one that we both agree was the best of the week. Okay. So, Walking Dead. Walking Dead 162, The Whisper Wars, part six of the six. The Whisper Conflict with no resolution is what it should be called. Yeah. Because because for the I'm gonna say it right now for anybody who's not reading it for a six part issue war to to not end this the way they ended it is shitty. It, I think that's like we I agree to a certain extent with you on that, but then we we had different opinions on this book. I, I, I the reason I was saying I was let down. Is because if you're doing a six part war, I expect the war to be concluded. Yeah. Then I, what it looks like to me is the war is not concluded. Right. So they should have made it. Maybe he should have made it a ten part, and it, he could have. Because what happens is it's it's pretty much the whole book is pretty much regroup, get back to Alexandria. We won. We won. We won. Oh fuck. We really didn't win. What the fuck's going on? Um, fucking uh, Eugene, let's hurry up and get there for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's bring a whole bunch of bullets for no reason. Let's. We beat him. We beat him. We beat him. Oh, fuck. We didn't beat him. Um, I'm Alpha. I'm Beta. I'm going to go ahead. Ah, oh, you know what? There's, there's well, Alpha's dead. I'm Beta. There's that's why I said I mean beta. That's why I said that. Uh-huh. Um let the the walkers already walking that way. They could just take care of it. The end. 
that that's that's the that is the that's the meat of the book right there. Yeah. The the the, the coolest part actually, the best part of this book is that it actually tied in to the image previews. Yeah. And so the first page was probably the best page. Yeah, it's it's it opened the book opens up with Negan basically burying Lucille and having memorial service to Lucille and he's burying Lucille but he's reflecting if you're not reading the image plus Lucille the bat is actually named after Negan's wife who gets sick with cancer and turns when she dies in the hospital and he he's like I never got to bury you before I know this isn't the same I'm sorry you were never truly put to rest um, I hope you're at peace I hope you um, you're in heaven and you uh, fell in love with some with someone who's treating you better than I ever did. And here's my favorite line here. Yeah. Um, that they're fucking your brains out and then fucking your brains back in after that one daily <laughs> bias. But he's, he's essentially having a memorial service for Lucille. And, and he's, he's finally getting closure on his wife. Right. Meaning to do it for yeah. his wife, not for the baseball bat. And that's why, Dwight doesn't that Dwight doesn't get why it's for a baseball bat and and Negan's like you don't fucking get it and Dwight was like I just don't fucking care. But that was probably the best part and then after that it's <clears throat> it kind of went downhill after that. There was just the biggest problem with the book there was no closure. Yeah. They went like every and this is something that Robert Kirkman's always done is he has when he has done these kind of arcs he has closed them up. He 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 finishes it and they're done when it's the end of it. Well, and I don't think this is meant to be the end of it though. Like this this book should have been called the Whisper Conflict instead of the Whisper War, because that's what it was more. I mean, and they shouldn't have done one, two, three, four, five, six. It should yeah. have just been the story arc. <clears throat> yeah, because and, when I expect a six a six issue war, I expect it to go, but it didn't. Like the war, yes, the war is done. Like Beta has retreated for now. Well, it and when I when I read this, the moment I got finished with it, the the old saying, um, "You've won the battle, but not the war," uh-huh. because that's essentially how this feels. Is that that's what they should Rick's have called group, the whisper battle? Then the Rick's group has won the battle, but not the war because Beta is retreating, but he's not dead, and he's not he he's falling back to regroup. You don't know when, he, I don't, and I'm interested to see when he's going to come back. And I think that's that's the thing is that this his story the story of Beta isn't over. Yeah, it's the the war the conflict that they're in is over. This, and, yeah, this <clears> battle <throat> is over. Yeah, and Rick has won, but the, that's a you, cool, that's you a, see the true battle is still upon them as it, Rick has the realization he's like this isn't over yet like this is not done. They had thousands and thousands of walkers. Beta sh- or Alpha showed me. Thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of walkers. When he was on top of the roof, talking yeah. to her. Um, he's like, I, I saw thousands of them, a sea of the dead uh, that roared like the ocean. And Dwight's like, oh, fuck. You know, and then that it cuts to them heading towards Alexandria. Like, you can see the clock tower in the background. And you, it, it dude, that's a beautiful panel. Adlard did some good shit with that panel. The thousands of zombies. Yeah. But you see the panel from the back end of it, and then it shows you from the front leading into Alexandria of everything coming. 
and that's when it, it shows Beta. Um, it, the whispers are saying, uh, it is done. They can make it the rest of the way without us. There is no stopping them now. And he says, our, our war is over. Let the dead finish what we have started. So he's kind of like bailing out. So essentially, I think the the end of the war is him saying, like, we're, we're backing up. We're going to regroup. We're going to let the, the zombies finish it. But I also understand where you're coming from, that you're not getting that closure that you deserve with a book that that's called. It just, it, when, like, the way I thought it was, like, the way they described the book, there was going to be a turn of power. Yeah. There, there, you know what I mean? And yeah. There, I, 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 I just expected something 100% different, and it's my fault for expecting and I think that's why my it was my biggest letdown. It was I was expecting like this because this whisper war kind of putted along. Yeah. So I was expecting this big finale. You know, like when you leave Disneyland and all the fireworks go off. Yeah. The big finale of that. That's what I was expecting, and it wasn't a big finale. It was a. Well, yeah, you were expecting a turning point, like you got with All Out War. The turning point was. Rick defeated Negan, and then they took that one-year time jump, and everybody they've battled, they've gone, they've went head to head, they've they've done it, and this time, I mean, and I guess he's gone a different way about it. You didn't, they didn't came, they didn't come see and kick ass. They yeah. they came, they battled, they <coughs> they had their asses handed to them. They they just they stood their ground, but they didn't gain any and they didn't lose any. I mean, out of the meat of this Whisper Wars, all that really happened was Father Gabriel died. And Lucille. And Lucille <laughs> died. And then Negan, you're, you're still kind of in this this limbo and fluctuation of what's going on with Negan and, and where he stands and all this and what his true motive behind all of this is. Because it, it seems now more now that Lucille's gone that he's transforming more into a, a good guy. And he's losing that that edge that he's had for so long, and he knows that Dwight Dwight isn't his boss. You know he can't control Dwight anymore. He knows he, he has no more Dwight. power over over Rick. Yeah, he's got no dog in this fight any longer, and that's kind of like what it's building towards. It feels like you know Negan's changes. He's becoming a man, kind of like Rick is now in the show, where he's got no dog in this fight. So he's just kind of just there. It's because he's 38. Yeah. That's the other thing you get to learn about in this is that Rick is 38 years old. Which I he's just, still a young man for, fuck, two kids at 38. Like, well, he's like you. <laughs> right. You're like Rick Grimes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Except I have both my hands. Yeah. So I'm is, like Rick Grimes. Isabel would be your coral. Oh, yeah. And the boy would have been your your Judith. But <laughs> except they're both actually mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. She went back and rename. <laughs> you should name your daughter Corla. <laughs> and your son Jude. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that's what happened is you know, and it's like it's I think it's the same thing as when you, you build something up bigger than it is. So when you finally actually get to it, you're like, fuck that. And I think that's what happened to me with this book. I think I was expecting a lot. Yeah. And you didn't get a lot. You got your what you expect from Robert Kirkman to put along. Yeah, because I, I felt very much like 
a whisper conflict would have been a better or the whisper battle would have been a better title because it it uh, you don't get the definitive end it would have of, been the whisper disagreement <laughs> you don't get the definitive end of the whispers of beta and everyone because he's coming back you know he's still out there but it's just this this initial conflict is, this initial conflict is over like he's gonna let the the walkers now it's gonna be just weeks and weeks of cool zombie killing action yeah because so. they're gonna and i know all those bullets that got there that's what they're gonna be doing they're just gonna be mowing fucking, down zombies they're just gonna be mowing down <clears throat> zombies like, because everybody has to regroup at Alexandria because right now there is no hilltop. Right, the, it burned to the ground. It fucking burned to the ground. So yeah. I don't know. I just think that's maybe that's what happened. I I just I just built it up. And I thought that was a real defining moment for Maggie too, where everyone's like, "What are we gonna do?" And she's like, "We're gonna rebuild. We're gonna do exactly what we do with Alexandria. Yeah. We're gonna rebuild, and it's gonna be better than it was before." So that was cool. So then our last book. Well, not I shouldn't say last book, but. The last book in the stores that we got this week is Batman. Batman Rebirth number 14. This book was, I don't know, it was this very... Book, oh, no, sorry, we forgot to give our, our scores for Walking Dead. Six. I gave it an eight. I, I, liked it a little, I liked it a little bit more than you did, but I think I we're getting just, two different... We're getting two different, like, outcomes out of the book, so... I think I was just... I built it up, and I was let down. Yeah. And to anybody that says they were not let down from that. <laughs> I mean, I was let down with the conclusion of it, but I was also satisfied with a little bit of Negan that we got and seeing him kind of in that in, internal struggle. and That wasn't enough. To, like that. That's not enough to make that book an eight. Well, teach his <laughs> own, man. One page, one page of Negan crying over Lucille isn't enough to make that book an eight. But <clears throat> Batman 14. Poetic. It was very poetic. Very poetic. Tom King is fucking kicking ass on this book. He is. Very much so. Um, this is my pick of the week, hands down. I like it because I think that's, there's actually going to be a twist to this, what happens in this book. I think the next book there's going to be a twist. Yeah. Like, like not what you're expecting to happen. Like, I think there's 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 an ulterior motive. There's something else out there. And I, and I could be wrong, but that's that's what I get. Here's here's what pisses me off about these DC books recently. I don't like the paper that they're on. The paper they're on is shitty because it crinkles really easily. Mm-hmm. Like every page you buy it from straight from the the, st- the shop, it looks like water's been spilled on it. Yeah, it's already rippled. And the I images ha- like that too. Like I hate the um, shitty fucking. Double paged ads, yeah, to promote all the other crappy books. All the other, <clears throat> the next epic starts here. Batman sixteen. I am Bane, part one. So it means we're going to be dealing with Bane again. You're right. Batwoman number one. Um, <clears throat> but let's get into Batman number fourteen. This book takes it starts off with Batman and and Catwoman kind of embracing each other on the rooftop and Batman says, you know, the job is done. Amanda Waller has held up her part of the deal. Um, they got rid of her death penalty. She's got life without parole and they're moving her to Blackgate and not Arkham. So basically everything that Batman said he was going to do for her, he did. 
and it's kind of them talking on the rooftop and she's like i don't want to go tonight i don't want to go he's like i'm gonna hand you over tonight um they're waiting to take you tonight and, and she's like um you'll take me he's like yes tonight and she's like oh and then I, I really like that page right there. Yeah, it's fucking cool with all the stars and <clears throat> shit. And them kissing on the rooftop. Yep. And then it. And then so they're kissing and, and kind of Catwoman pulls away from him and she's like, I want tonight. And he's like, Catwoman. He's like, they can have my life without parole, but this night right here tonight, look at it, Bat. It's a diamond. It shines. And she, <clears throat> this whole thing, she's like, not tonight. I don't want to go tonight. I want to spend this last night with you, free, enjoying it. Getting railed. Yeah. And he was like, but I know you. You'll run. And yeah. she's like, and you'll find me like you always do. And then um, he was like, oh, what is it? Um, and Batman's like, um, he's like, I want, she's like, I want one night, you and me. And Batman's like, what would we do? And she says, it's late. The air is cold. Our beds are warm. What do you want to do? So she's basically like propositioning him to yeah. fuck the shit out of her. Let's fight crime. <clears throat> and then the bat signal. Like, I like that <laughs> how the bat signal slowly fades in, in in a couple panels. And then, yeah, it shows them t- teaming to fight crime together. Yeah. They, they, they run through a, a cast of villains. Yeah. And I like how um, every time they're done beating one, they're like, she's like, well, what do you want to do? And then the bat signal again, and they're going through all these bi- like B list villain, magpie, signal man, gorilla boss, uh, ten eyed man, werewolf, copperhead. Like Jesus Christ, King he's got a Snake. busy night. Yeah, they're they're going. I cannot through. wait for that book right there. <clears throat> what the Super Sons? Yes, everybody fucking go buy that book. And they're going, you know. Uh, they're going through Zebra Man and Film Freak and Mad Monk, <laughs> Kite Man, and they're just kind of going through through all all these villains um, while talking about how what they're gonna do and in you know the whole situation. It, it's super poetic. Um, um, and he and Catwoman's like, "Are we done?" And and Batman's like, "I don't know." And and she's like, "No, Bat." The better answer is we're never done. And then she like walks away from Batman and goes behind this air duct. Uh and and Batman follows her and then you just see, Hell yeah. And then it cuts back to fucking you know, she's she's like in this window and she's going to to steal this cat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Batman's like, Stop, don't do this. Like he's trying to talk her out of it. And it turns out that she was like, this is everything I've had. She's like, I knew one day you would catch me and I would lose everything. So this is my, my, the day Batman catches me and I lose everything fund. This is everything I had stashed away. And she blows up the building and it turns out she owned the building. Mm-hmm. And she owned the, well, she owned the apartment. She owned the floor above and below it. And she reinforced it. Like she had planned for this. Yeah. And she opens it up and it's a bunch of diamonds and the cat. And she gives them to, to Batman. Kyle's getting a chub right now. Right, I am. I had to adjust myself. It's like a fucking, I'm like a quarter his. <laughs> um, she gives them all the diamonds and she's like, you can, um, you can use them to build 
hundreds of orphanages. Yeah. And he said, but first, but first we have to stop for just one second. Um, stop, stop doing what we have to do. And maybe, maybe just this once, uh, do what we'd like to do. And he's like, cat. And she's like, I want tonight. They can have my life without parole tonight. Look at it, Bat. It's a diamond. And fucking Batman's railing the shit out of her. Right. And they actually drew him railing the shit out of her. Like. On a rooftop. The whole panel is them kissing, then them taking each other's shirts off and, and undoing it. And Batman is fucking got his bat dong all up in Catwoman's coin purse. And <clears throat> they are banging out on the rooftop. Right, he's fucking railing. And the bat signal is shining it in the sky. That's why I think there's there's something else. I think she has a, another motive. Like it's it's poetic, but I think I think what that is is a lure to something else. You know what I mean? Like there's something else going on. But he's like, I'd ignore the bat signal too if I was fucking railing her. But I wonder if because this one was kind of from like what's the next issue called? Rooftops Part Two. Yeah. So I think the I think the way kind of just going off of the way they did the the last I am suicide. Uh-huh. Um, I think the part two is going to be this entire thing again from Batman's point of view because this was from Catwoman's point of view. So I think it's going to be their relationship again from Batman's point of view. But this is this is really poetic and it's really nicely done, and I like that it ended with him railing the shit out of her. <laughs> right, it's poetic, Ed. He rails the shit out of her. Yeah. <clears throat> Bruce Wayne rails the shit out of Selena Kyle. I, and he, I don't know. I, I, I've, been, I've been telling people this because people are like, ah, Tom King has it. Fuck, dude, it's fucking. It's, Ever since issue 10. It took him a hard 10 issues to find his footing. But now that he's done it, it's been fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's been really good. But I give Batman a 14 to 10. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. I, I give it a nine. It's it's fucking. He got his batarang deep in Selena's target. He buried it deep in her target. Yes, he did. He fucking the bat jizz. <laughs> All right. So um, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Kane before we get into this interview and tell us kind of the premises behind Kane and what you thought of it, and then we'll get into this interview that we we conducted last week. So, uh, in one of my, uh, I'll, sh- I'll actually tell everybody how I got the interview. Um, I think I actually talk about it in the interview. But what happens is, is I was in one of my comic book forums, one of my comic book groups on Facebook, because I'm part of like 7,000 of them. And I see a guy, a cool guy named Michael. He says, hey, everybody, I'm, I wrote my own book. It just got picked up by a publisher. Would anybody like to interview me or write an article about it? And I was, so I messaged him and I was like, you know, this is interviewing. I said, I have, I have a podcast that me and a buddy of ours does. It's it's actually his and I am on it. Actually, I didn't say that I'm playing. <laughs> I know. But I said, I'm, I said, I'm a part of a, a podcast. And what we like to do is we like to interview writers and artists and stuff. It's I said, there's another guy that we, we had interviewed and is probably one of our favorite books to date i said i send us a a digital copy so that we can read it and then we'll interview you so that's what we did we interviewed it and it was 
I liked it. It was different. It's it's got a you you could see his influence. You can see Batman. You can see Spawn. Um, it's about a a guy named Kane. He's a he's got a family. He's a serial killer. He's not a he's a he's a hitman. He's an assassin. That and he and like his family doesn't know. And he and what happens is is he goes to do a a hit, and his family ends up being there. And his family ends up getting killed during the during the hit, and then there's like this magic being that has that that they were trying to get out of the museum. There's just like this magic thing that they were trying to get, and, mm-hmm. and that magic thing is opening, and he ends up getting sucked into the magic, and it, and it ends up giving him like it, it forces him off, and then it gives him this power, and it's kind of. The kind of premise of what it is, and that's kind of where it left off. So what we decided to do was, we decided to talk to him about it, and 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 you know, and he talked to us about a bunch of cool things, like you know, what's it like to to write a book and it getting published and and picked up and actually going through that process. And he kind of explains to us the, you know, how he came up with it, and and it's kind of cool. You could you know, it, you can see his. Uh, you know, you could see that he's into Spawn. You could see that he was into Batman. You could see. Yeah, those were both very evident. You know, and and I, and I liked that it was. You know, it had essence of things that I enjoy. I like Spawn. I like Batman. I'd like, you know, I I'd like that it was a. You know, and it, this is an adult book, and it's bloody. I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a panel in the book where he's fucking rounding his wife before he leaves. Yeah. You know, it's bloody, it's gory. He says it's going to get worse with with blood and gore. So I liked that it was, you know, it's an underground, dark comic book. And it's it's also got a lot of humor in it as well, which is kind of cool, too. And it's a little offbeat. There's blood and gore, and then there's murder porn. And I kind of felt like this book was more torture slash murder (laughs) porn-ish. Seeing as, like, his wife is kidnapped, and they're cutting her. Yeah. They're torturing her. And they're doing all this other shit. So to me, it came off more as like murder porn than murder and torture porn, gore porn, I guess, if you want to say, than it did just violence. I mean, it wasn't like she was naked and they were like, no, but, but like he, he, you know, he, in the interview he talks about, he likes extra gory and, and 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 you can really see it in this book. And it's something that I enjoyed. It's something that I, I I got a kick out of it. I enjoyed it. I want to see where it goes. And it's someone I'd like to stay in contact with. And I'd like to see him to see if, you know, the, the rise of an artist writer, what happens, you know, he's, he's got to deal with the publisher. I'd like to see the thing. It's called Advent comics. Yep. So everybody can go to advent.com and there's many books to choose from, but you can, you could order his and they'll, they'll, they'll ship it to you. I think you can buy, you can buy a digital copy. You can buy a hard copy. You can buy a physical copy. I think you can buy, you can order both. So, and it was just, it was, I, I thought it was a fun little interview to do and I, I really enjoyed it. And I'm really glad we got to do it because, you know, we had a couple bumps in the road where we had a lot of conflicts and, and, being able to do it so i was actually yeah. glad we got around to be able to do it yeah <clears throat> i mean it, kyle did a good job with the interview it was a great interview um the audio quality might be it, it's a little questionable because he had a bad cell phone reception yeah he, he's somewhere in pennsylvania yeah so he, yeah i think i don't think his 
I think he was cutting it and out. And he kept saying what a lot because yeah, because he was cutting it and out. I've I've done the best I can to try and clean up the audio, but it is still it's still really rough. But I still I still think if you guys are listening to your headphones, I think you guys all you should be all right. I think you guys should be all right. Um, I mean, Kyle liked the book. I personally, I I didn't care for it too much. Um, I mean, like I said, I thought it was a little it was a little over the top for my tastes. But that's I think that's what I, that that's the yeah. fun I found in it though is like I'm not a Spawn fan. I'm not a Spawn fan. I I'm not. I don't read Spawn. I've never been a Spawn fan. I just I'm just not. I don't know why. I just I never got into Spawn. different strokes for different folks. That's pretty much what it is. And like to me, the art. <clears throat> he's an amateur artist. I'm just gonna say like he he admits to it in the interview. He's an amateur artist. He's not. You know it. it the art is very sketchy at times in the book and i, I kind of asked him a few times well do they offer you the option to go with a different artist or or no and he was like well no they like my art style so that's fantastic if they like his art style that's phenomenal it's not my taste i think it's like anything man the more you do something the better you're gonna be the at better it, yeah. you get at it and, and he was already <sighs> sending he was sending me panels and pages of the of book two mm-hmm. and you could tell there and you, you there's a difference. Yeah. Like there's a and you'll he'll hear it in the interview and I've already talked about it earlier, but he talks about there was like a grenade or a bomb inside of a rabbit. Yeah. And it explodes and it's like flying eyeballs. There's well, there's only two eyeballs, but there's you see like an eyeball flying out and it's still like connected to like meat. Uh-huh. And it's like flying and it looks great. Like I thought it fucking looked awesome. And I, I, I think, you know, and it's just like anything. I think the more you draw something, besides me, I can yeah. draw the same thing 600 times and it'll suck. I just, yeah. I have no, I have no art skills I mean, that's, whatsoever. But I, I think, and I think it's like anything. If you sit and you draw it, you draw it, you draw it. And I think, you know, being an artist, you know, you, you can, and he will have this, he has this ability to where he can, he can, Draw it over and over and over again. He's I, yeah. I, I don't know what his deadlines are, but it seems to be pretty lax for him. So I think he can. I I, I honestly think I think it's going to grow and I think it's going to become something cool. And that's where something something inside of me tells me that this is going to be something really cool. Like I mean, like I liked. He sent me the cover to issue two, which says oh two, just like all the. Spider-Man 300 yeah. homage covers and it it was a pretty good cover. I I you could tell what it was. I I liked it. I I I liked the cool I some of the panels that he'd sent me, they I liked them. I I don't know. I I there's something about it. I just I attached myself to it. I I enjoyed it. <laughs> Todd McFarlane's going to see somebody. Maybe. <laughs> but I mean I'm really glad we got to meet him. I'm really glad we got to interview him and talk to him yeah. and, and bullshit yeah. with him. <laughs> He's a good guy. He seems to be a very good guy, and I—he's someone. I mean, that I'm going to follow, and I'm going to see where this guy goes. I'm—I'm I'm very yeah, interested. For sure. I mean, he was a nice guy. It was a good interview. It was nice talking to him. He sounds super enthusiastic about it. He's 100% behind his project. You know, he—he believes in it, and I guess that's all that counts. Is he's gonna. He's good. he's doing the he's living the dream, man. He's I, doing the damn thing, and, and I I applaud him for it. Fuck yeah, but I I agree. Again, I don't necessarily care for the story. I don't care for the art, but you liked it. Um, 
and he he sells it well, and he talks about it, and he doesn't shy away from his que- the questions you ask him. And I think I, I don't think this is a book that you have to read it and judge for yourself because what I say or what Kyle says might not be the same impression you have of yeah. it. Like you, I to me it just it's it was a little too for, right uh, different folks. To me, it was a little too gory unnecessarily for my tastes. And like I said, I'm never I was never a Spawn fan. So maybe if you're a Spawn fan and you like more gory stuff, that's that's um, like. Did you ever read the old team. Faust books? Nope. No. They're like super gory. Yeah, and they're, sure. and they're black and white. That's what I really liked about them. They're, and they're fucking. They're super gory, and there's fucking. They're fucking in the whole thing, and it's yeah. And it's and it just you know it it just reminds me of that. I think it's nothing like it at all. Yeah, but it just. It, the, the, the essence of it was there of what reminded me of being a kid for some reason, just an underground comic, like just something that, I don't know. That just, it's just something that, it's just something that grabbed me. I just, I enjoyed it. Yeah. When you're I, like, Hey, check this out. Look what I got, you know, showing your friends and, and stuff where it's not Archie and Jughead. It's, it's more mature. Yeah. And I, so. I, it just, just something, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah. That's what's great about all this is you can you can like every crappy movie you want, or that's, not like every crappy right. movie you want, or you like you can like every crappy comic you want, and yeah. or not like every crappy comic. That is very true. That's the that's the great thing about all this is that you can like whatever you want. Yeah. But without further ado, let's go ahead and kick off this interview. I'm gonna go ahead and kick it to Kyle, and he's gonna get things underway. And, and I'm gonna forget to introduce forget Matt. to introduce me and. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy the interview, and we will be back with you after the interview's done. So we are live. We're doing an interview with uh, Michael Matlin, and he is the he created his own comic book called Kane. Um, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Hanging out uh, with my wife and kids, playing Mortal Kombat on uh, Sega Genesis, and now we're order pizza and watch an American Psycho. Going old school with the <laughs> Sega Genesis, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to play video games too well. All the video games these days are a little bit too high-tech for me. I'm cool with the old school, you know, the uh, little one-dimensional games, Mario, early Mario, uh, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, shit like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, so... Why don't you guys give our Why don't you give our listeners a synopsis of of your uh, comics so everybody can you know get a feel of what we're doing, and what we're going to be talking about. You cut out there. What did you say? I said, how about um, I said, would you mind giving our listeners a synopsis of the book so they you know they kind of they kind of know what they're getting into with this interview? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um. Uh, the comic book Kane is a comic book series about, uh, well, the first issue is about a man named Cameron Kane who basically has uh, a double life. And basically to everyone, like his neighbors, his family, his wife and son, pretty much everyone around him, he's this average Joe kind of guy. Uh, not really standing out. He's not really out of the, you know, ordinary too much. Uh, but basically he has uh, his job, he has like a side life, and he's a trained assassin in Master Thief. Um, 
something happens in his next mission. He gets a call for another mission. And during this mission, something happens to where his wife and his son end up dying, and he has to witness this. And it's a little bit more worse than, you know, them just dying on the spot. They, he actually is forced to watch them be tortured. And um, during the process of all of this happening, um, a, a portal opens up. And as he's being sucked through this portal, he gains, like, uh, special powers, supernatural powers, if you will. And that's basically the gist of kind of how the comic is. It's, it's basically like... Uh, it's pretty much everything, man. I mean, it's an adult. It's aimed to be an adult, like, teenage comic book. Not really your friendly neighborhood, like main comic comic. I mean, there's blood, guts, swearing, uh, everything, man. And, you know what I mean? That's pretty much it. The assassin turned uh, superhero, anti-hero, because he's certainly not, like, Superman. You know, <laughs> he's, he, uh, he'll, he'll kill you in a heartbeat and laugh about it if he wants to. That's, that's how Kane is. And there's comedy all through it, though. Yeah, I noticed that reading the first issue that there was. Uh, I, I I noticed that there was. That's what I kind of liked about this. You know, because it's it, me and uh, the other host Matt here. We've we're both sitting here and we've uh, we've we've read through the book and we noticed a few of influences. I think that you'd kind of like. Did you have like a there was like a Batman influence to this book, right? Had a what? What'd you say? I said you kind of there was kind of like a Batman influence when you were right when when this book was being done, right? Because like you know when he like goes in the museum, there was like the giant penny and the uh, dinosaur, and I mean was was that like your your homage to like yeah. Batman? Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. That's one of the biggest things because uh, as a kid, I mean, still now, honestly, I'm in actually uh, Batman pajamas right now, chilling. But <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm very happy you picked up on that. There was two low key kind of little things in the uh in one of the uh what do I want to say, places in the comic. And um that was definitely one of the little hidden things I wanted to put in there for uh Batman fans and stuff. Only one other person picked that out or probably two other people picked that out that came to me and was like, Yo, Mike, I noticed you put that in there. But yeah, definitely, uh I would say Batman was part of an influence for it for sure i love that man he's the shit and i got like a spawn feel from it too where, where it was spawn something that you enjoyed growing up as well because I, I i got that feel of it was i not too far off on that one either oh no definitely i love spawn actually uh the two the two characters growing up that i really loved the most was actually both batman and spawn and i think as a kid like um I think I didn't really I liked Marvel when I was younger you know what I mean I still do now but two of the characters that really stood out to me were uh, Images Spawn and DC's Batman it was something about them just having that I don't give a fuck attitude don't cross me attitude like you know what I mean just something about both those characters and Todd McFarlane himself even said that Batman was actually his influence for Spawn so I mean Definitely, uh, Batman and Spawn were uh, influence on uh, Kane. Definitely. Now, you know, we do a lot of comic reviews, and what we've really noticed with uh, comics is the first issue of all comics seems to be tough to to capture readers and to get it going because you, you're trying to cram 
so much stuff into a first issue because you're trying to to set this story up. How hard was it for you to 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 convey the first issue to get the readers to get the issue to? Because you know you, you have to do so much to to and it's every issue it's every issue one. So what 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 was your hard parts in trying to in in your struggles of trying to get everything you needed in a first issue without it being too much? Well, honestly, I think um, I'm a I'm a big perfectionist, and I've always heard that uh, I'm my own worst enemy. I'm my, I'm my I'm my biggest critic. So I feel like I feel like issue one was was uh, was good, but I don't think I think even if you ask me this same question twenty years from now, I don't think I'm ever going to be a hundred percent satisfied. I don't think with issue one or any issue I do because I always want to be better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, in the process of making issue one, um, I think it was like a little kid in me, basically. You know what I mean? Like that little kid came out of me and said, you know, well, what all, what kind of things would you want to read, you know, with uh, a comic book? And I'm thinking like, well, I really do like a lot of blood. I think they don't do that enough in, you know, comics and so forth. I think there can always be more graphic stuff and I wanted assassins. Then I was like, you know what? I want some magic. And this is as I'm writing it, you know what I mean? Kind of writing the story. And um, I'm like, there needs there needs to be like some dark magic. There needs to be some fucking ugly looking monsters. There needs to be some hot women. And it just kind of all came together as I'm trying to create the character. But all in all, overall, doing the whole issue, it, it was very difficult because I don't know if y'all know this, but I've never drawn comics before. I've never written a comic. I've always loved to draw and stuff like that. And it just kind of all came together. I started this back in March. And, um, you know, I guess I got lucky, you know, God's grace, whatever. And I ended up getting picked up and getting published. So apparently it was good enough to be published and I'm signed for an ongoing series. So Kane is going to be an ongoing series. But issue one, it was tough. But I think everyone I do is going to be tough just because I don't think I'm ever going to be happy as much as I want to be with it. You know, I think you always push yourself to be better. So how long did it take you to to create this? You said you you started drawing it in March, like from yeah. from yeah. how long before that did you did this idea pop in your head that you wanted to to have this character, this assassin that's going to. You know that in all this that's happening. I mean, like from because from what there was March. You said from March until now. So how long? When did you finally find out you're going to get published as well? So how long? How long was that whole process? Okay. Concept, well, conception, it, it, exactly everything. Fun, this is a funny story. Um, even though I just kind of started drawing comics uh, seriously in March, I've always drawn and I've always read comics and. As a kid, I had a character who was somewhat similar to Kane. And um, my wife had told me, Mike, you really shouldn't use that name. Uh, you know, I was, I was young enough not to understand, the, I guess, the adult humor in this name. But I had a character that I developed as a kid. And I'm talking maybe seven years old. His name was Night Stalker, which apparently is not, you know, very uh, good, I guess. <laughs> for other adult jokes and so forth. Yeah. I don't want to go there. But wife, my wife, like, Mike, you really got to, like, kind of redevelop it because all in all, it was a very good idea. It had pretty much all of the same things that Kane had 
And I just, back in March, I just really sat down. I had always told myself I wanted to do something with this character, this like concept idea that I've been doodling since a kid. And um, I really sat down and just kind of put it all together. So I would say, if you want to count, you know, my ideas and everything as a child, it could have been years in the making and just kind of like that. Or if you want to, you know, take it more seriously, where I really sat down and I really went all all out with it, you know, um, I would say basically starting in March and when I started submitting everything, it was Septemberish and I or August Septemberish. And I signed my deal with Advent Comics in uh, early October. So, I mean, that, it seems like it's going gangbusters. I mean, it's like it seems like sixty miles an hour isn't even the right speed limit for how fast you're going right now. I mean, is it is it is it sinking in that all this is happening, or does it still kind of feel like a fuzzy dream to you? Or how? I mean, what's it like getting that news and and going through this work and then realizing, holy crap, this is this is really coming to to be something. I mean, what what is that all like? Um. Well, it, it really is very uh, shocking, and you know, it, it is happening very fast because. Like I said, I mean, I just started doing it in March and then October I signed a deal and then just uh, December 17th I was in my local comic book shop that I go to all the time except this time I'm not buying a comic book. People are coming to me for pictures and signing and stuff. I had my very first door signing and it, it is it is happening very fast and honestly I don't feel like I believe it myself. I'm just kind of sitting back and working hard but enjoying the ride and my family you know everyone's supporting me and so forth too and i think they're all shocked as well um i i definitely have high hopes for it and you know that i think that's good but to answer your question it it, it happened very fast and i, I just am truly blessed definitely. how um how did you come to be to be hooked up with the the company that you're you're uh, publishing the book through? Um, honestly, uh, shout out to the Facebook group called ICC. Um, I started posting in there back in March as I was just kind of getting everything together, sketching character designs, and um, you know stuff like that and a lot of people kind of came in and gave me advice and you know i soaked up all the advice and kept posting and getting better and getting better and then you know like around uh august september-ish i started uh submitting to publishers i found them on google or contacted them through facebook and um someone had said in that group you know your character it would really fit with uh, Advent Comics. It, it would it would stand out a lot, and it looks like uh, it would be their style. So I said, all right, well, I haven't given them a shot yet. I'll do that. And I'm glad I did because I had a couple other people actually offer me deals as well. And um, I'm very happy that I went with Advent Comics because what they do for me is, like, incredible. Like, the amount of things that uh, Tony, that's the uh, owner, he's an amazing man, like, for instance, when I was going to uh, my store signing one week before it, uh, Tony had sent me a, a package, a surprise package of posters and cards and everything with Kane in it, and a note in there just, just being nice, you know what I mean? Like saying, I'm sorry I can't make it to the first signing. 
I hope this box makes you happy. And it was all types of amazing things. And even for Christmas, I even got a, uh, a Christmas card from them with uh, Advent Comics on the Christmas card. I thought that was really cool to have their own Christmas cards. But, yeah, I, I found them in a um, Facebook group called ICC. Someone had uh, uh, hit me up and told me I should check them out. So what did you have uh, to do? Oh, sorry. What did you have to do? Did you submit them, like, page one? Did you submit them... Uh, a rough outline of the entire book like to everybody out there that's never really heard what it's like to try to 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 get a book published what what did you actually have to send them and do for them to say yes this green light this let's do it i like what you're doing yeah um well every i've noticed when i was uh doing my submissions every publisher has different guidelines and rules um but basically what I did with Advent Comics was I had a synopsis written and um, I had the synopsis, the plot. I had uh, sent them pages inked and some pages with uh, letters and stuff added already. And um, I think I sent six pages first along in the first email that I contacted them, contacted them with, with my submission. It was six pages um, plus the cover like the, a mock cover, you know what I mean? Like the cover I wanted and uh, to basically show them and everything that. And then I had the synopsis and the full plot and everything like that and just kind of left my email, my phone number and uh, first and last name and, you know, stuff like that. And I heard back, I think it was about a month later, something like that, uh, three weeks, two, three weeks, something. And um, it was a big green light. He loved it and wanted to hear more, and it was a go from there. It, so it, it happened, and that's basically how you do it. Anyone out there looking at, you know, getting their comic book published, <clears throat> one thing I'd suggest that I learned doing was do not copy and paste what you have ready because every publisher seems to have different guidelines and way to do it, and I actually got rejected from a couple simply for not following the guidelines. Because apparently you're supposed to follow the guidelines, and if you don't do it exactly how these certain publishers want it, then they're just going to be a little asshole about it and not even <laughs> you know acknowledge you were about follow the guidelines. So people definitely remember that that these publishers are very anal about their guidelines. Some of them. Um, let's see. Next question. So you know, like you'd said earlier, that you you liked doing the more of a mature uh, book. Now, do you find it yeah. easier to draw a mature book because not having to hold back, or do you think it would, or do you think it would be easier to do something aimed towards more of the masses, like something more of like a, um, like you know, Nightwing I, or a team? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said I don't know. I just said, do you think it's you know, easier to do a mature book over doing like something that like, you know, when you do a mature book, that's, that's, uh, centered towards, you know, a, a group of people. Do you think that's, that's harder to do than it would be to one that is more for like the masses, like, uh, uh, like teen Titans or like Batman or something, something that's not gory and bloody. And, you know, the, the yeah. dude's not, the dude's not, uh, railing his wife, you know, in the second page, you know, uh, no, I definitely like doing the mature comic more. I mean, 
my uh I, I threw some just kind of out there ideas to my publisher for issue two um before I even sent him that plot for issue two of Kane, which I'm almost done now. I've been working really hard, but um, he he emailed me back and you know he told me, and this is actually in my contract too. I have a lot, and I mean a lot, pretty much almost 100 percent full creative uh, freedom to do with I whatever I want to do. But if it comes down to crossing a certain line, then uh, they're allowed to step in and say, you know, Mike, maybe this isn't the best idea to be out there, but um. I'll, I'll throw in a little spoiler because this this is something that I really want to do for issue two. And, you know, as far as growing mature stuff, this is what I want to be able to do. I want to be able to do funny shit that, uh, <clears throat> you know, readers can read and be like, wow, that's really fucked up. But I'm glad I'm reading this comic because it's probably the only comic that's going to have shit like this in it. But anyways, <laughs> so in issue two, there's, a, say, a villain. And um, He's kind of like, well, he's a magician, okay? I'll just put that out there. He's a magician, and I don't want to put too much spoilers in it, but the idea I had that I thought would be very funny, but also adult-like, and especially with how I like to draw very detailed, and hopefully I get more and more detailed, which I think I am. Um, a magician likes to pull rabbits out of his hat. So I was like, how can I make that very entertaining, funny, but kind of gross at the same time? Oh, yeah, this magician is like, his little gimmick thing, what he does is he has stitched dead bunnies with grenades inside. So whenever he, instead of like pulling a rabbit out of that, he throws it. And in one of the pages, you actually see like a rabbit with his eyeball, like, like popping out of his skull. There's like ribs bursting and, you know, and that's kind of his little thing. And, and that's just, you could, I couldn't do that if I was doing like, you know, more of a kid's comic, they're going to be like, mommy, mommy, what, what is this thing? Oh, honey, that's his heart exploding out of the rabbit's chest. What are these? <laughs> oh, that's, they're <laughs> You know what I mean? So yeah, drawing a mature comic, and especially with how I want Kane to be, and how he's going to keep progressing and the story keep building, and hopefully several issues later, people are really going to start to see my vision. It's hard to put it in a first issue, but... It's going to keep getting better and better, believe me. So do you feel a lot more pressure on writing this issue two than with issue one? Because now, I mean, with issue one, it was something you were kind of doing as a as a passion, as you know, something you were kind of, I wouldn't want to say doing it for fun, but, but there was nothing behind it yet. But now that you're signed... Um, it, it, do you is is it harder for the for it to flow out of the fingertips all of your creativity now that there's deadlines and all that kind of stuff? Um, no, I don't think it's harder at all. I think uh, I think I'm very happy that I created a comic like Kane because nothing feels difficult about it now. Like after the first issue, I mean, even the first issue, it was it was difficult trying to capture my vision in one comic and make that one comic good enough to kind of start a series from. But now that I got that first comic out there and, and, and you know, I got it published and um, stuff like that, I honestly, writing it is fun, drawing the character and creating new villains. And since I, I since it is a mature comic, I don't have to pull back or hold back from any of the adult jokes or any of the adult pictures and it's all fun to me. It, it's like, it's just like drawing for fun, except for it's going to end up being a book and, you know, going in online stores and uh, comic shops and stuff. So it, it, it literally is all fun for me. 
Do you? There's, there's no about it. Do you have any plans in the future to hook up with an artist, or are you going to continue to try and draw it yourself? Or, um, see, I like I like that idea, but um, as of right now, I'm really just enjoying uh, drawing Kane and writing Kane and <clears throat> doing all that myself. But in the future, once Kane is you know way more established and <clears throat> hopefully at some point. Uh, a household name that big that would be the time that I would step away and be like you know what I did my job I've lived my dream I'll continue to you know meddle in Kane a little bit but I'll have other people drawing for me and stuff kind of like Todd McFarlane does and a lot of the other big artists that have created a character and it took off and now they just kind of sit back and relax and do other jobs for the comic while other people draw it I mean, At that level, if I ever reach that level, that'll be the level where I'll be like, you know what, I'm done drawing Kane. Someone else can take over. You know. Have you received any any with with the pitching? Have you received any pushback with with the art style and and kind of with what you're going with versus if you had someone who is a little bit more experienced doing it? Uh, yeah, actually, um, well. The very first, well, like I said, when I started this, my idea was to have an adult comic. And I wanted to draw a detailed and everything like that. My first, the first person or publisher that got back to me about uh, my submission with it denied me. <clears throat> and so I emailed back and I just asked, I said, you know, I let them know that, you know, I'm very new at this. This is just kind of me trying to get out there and, and, you know, kind of uh, make a risk, take a chance uh, type of thing like that. Just get it out there and see if I'm going to have anyone that's going to be interested. And if there was any way that they could, you know, tell me what it was wrong, please do so that I can work hard and fix whatever it is. And they got back to me and they actually told me they liked it. But the reason they denied me is because it's extremely too graphic and not what their brand wants to uh, put out. Oh, I can, and so I, can I laughed that off because that was my goal. I looked over at my wife and I said, and I let her read the email. <laughs> and she said, well, then that means you did what you wanted to do. So, yeah. But um, I don't know. I think I had a couple people that actually did deny me for some of the art. They had just told me basically, uh, what was the trying to think of the one there's a couple one or two that uh said something specific about it i can't remember i don't know if it was my line weights or whatever because i just started inking too but this was all back in march and if i wouldn't dare release some of the stuff that i was actually submitting back you know uh when i first started it um because some of the stuff that i i redid about i think the comic is 26 pages of artwork. Mm-hmm. I redid more than half of it, probably like 19, 20 something pages. I completely redrew, re-inked and everything. But uh, I mean, everything like that is a working progress though. I mean, you, 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 you know what I mean? As, as, as you get, cause you know, as you get used to drawing the characters over and over again, you, you, they develop themselves even as this, you know, even before the story, you're, you know what I mean? You're drawing these panels so I mean I could I could totally see you know you you drew it once and then you you as you're drawing it I'm sure you get used to drawing these characters and you could see you could probably see from page one to like page twenty three a difference so you'd have I, I could yeah. almost see having to have to 
start over again just getting used to drawing the characters over and over again i can i can I, I could see I could see the change and do you have do you, have you actually noticed yeah. something like that from issue one to issue two where you're like where you you notice that like you know I have one hard hitting question I have to get to the cop okay. did you model him off of Ron Jeremy say what <laughs> the cop did you model him off of Ron Jeremy because for some reason I'm looking at it and I'm going that guy reminds me of Ron Jeremy. <laughs> no, no, actually, I did. It just swung together. But the the name Officer Donut, that's actually my wife. My wife thought of that joke because I told her I was like, you know, I want I want his name to be hilarious. Like I don't I want to just make him just I don't want to name him like Jim or Bob or you know whatever. I want to give him like a funny name. And she's like, how about Officer Donut? Because it's like you know Donut. But no, I didn't think of Ron Jeremy when I was uh, drawing him, but that is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that I don't know. That's just the vibe that I had gotten from it. I guess you know, two out of three isn't bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I think that's funny as hell. Um, how many issues do you? I mean, is this ongoing? Was this originally supposed to be a mini series? Is just what was your uh, what is what is your end game with this? You know, do you want to see this hit issue hundred, or was it meant to only be like twelve books, or what was it? Um, well, whenever, uh, Advent Comics got back to me, before, before he even, before Tony even told me, like, uh, that he was gonna, uh, give me a contract and sign me on, he asked me, like, what were my goals with saying what would I like to do with the story, et cetera, stuff like that, and I told him, and I said, I'm gonna be honest with you, I said, uh, I understand I'm a new artist, and I know it's not very common for new artists to get ongoing series. Most times, I understand it's a big list for a new comic coming out and stuff. And I know a lot of publishers really would rather do a mini series or something like that. But truthfully, I don't have an ending to Kane. I don't even want to think about an ending to Kane. And I told him a lot of my ideas for it and everything. And uh, lo and behold, he was cool with that. In my contract, I'm signed for 14 months, but we have talked many times about Kane, and uh, as of right now, there is no ending. It's an ongoing series. If I get to 100 issues and it's selling good, that's going to be the end of Volume 1. Volume 2 picks up right after that, and it's ongoing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't ever, I don't want to ever have to stop it, you know? I want to keep it going, so... I don't, not a mini series. There's no set number to when Kane has to end. So I guess it ends when uh, fans stop paying for it. And it's <laughs> no longer cool. Now, I have a, a quick question. Um, with your contract in Advent, if you were just yeah. to just write Kane, did they ever come to you and say, listen, we we can offer you an artist. We have, we have artists that we want to put you with the work with. Did they offer you that option and you just turned it down or, um, is it all just, you're going straight ahead on your own? Uh, no, they, they didn't offer me any artists. The, uh, the owner actually really likes myself. It's very different, I think, but, um, you can still see a lot of influences from it, but I think you can pretty much notice that in a lot of other artists. Oh, you always but see that in artists. Likes, likes the way it's developing. The only thing I don't do with Kane, which Advent Comics uh, uh, does for me, is the color. I don't do coloring, have no idea how to color. 
um, and the lettering. I don't do the lettering either. Um, the lettering for issue one actually isn't a part of Aznet Comics, but um, I think he did a good job on it. He was working with it uh, before it got published, so it was actually midway through <clears throat> whenever I signed with Aznet. And most of the letters were almost all all done, so we kept him for it. But um, issue two will have an Advent colorist and an Advent letterer. So. Nice. But um, as far as inking and the penciling and uh, writing the plot, stories, all that jazz, that's all me. So. Nice. So what what is your first? What is issue one? What is the print run of issue one? I mean, am I going to be able to to how am I going to be able to get this in my local comic book store here in Phoenix? Like is it, it? Uh, I don't actually know how many uh, prints there's going to be of it, but um, actually, I should probably ask them that. But I don't know if it's going to be in your local comic shop. But right now, my publisher says it's definitely going to be on Amazon.com. It'll be on AdventComics.com, and he's also working on uh, trying to finish up the deal with Barnes and Noble and Books a Million. Now, right now. I'm not so sure how that's working out since it is the first uh, comic, first issue. They're going to want to see a lot of big sales before they invest in something like oh, that. Yeah. But hopefully by the two or three, it'll be in there. But right now, it'll be on a bunch of different online stores and a few regular comic book shops. But uh, I don't know if it'll be out in Arizona. But you can definitely go on uh, Amazon.com or AdventComics.com and order it. Pre-orders are available right now, actually, and the comic releases January 11th. Well, I asked you about the the artist because I'm actually in the process of writing a comic myself and and trying to pitch it. And the only thing I'm missing is an artist, so that's why I was kind of just picking your brain a little bit uh, as, as far as what Advent offered you to look at maybe them as an option going forward to pitch the book to if they offered you something like that. If if say they thought your style was a little rough and, and didn't like it as much as they do. So, wait, what? I'm sorry, cut out at the end. What did you say? I said, I, I was asking you about the them offering you an artist because I'm also a comic book writer. I have finished my first series and I'm trying to pitch it. I just don't have an artist. So that's why I was kind of wondering if Avent was an option, if maybe they offered you that, if they didn't like your style as much as they did. I, I was just seeing what they, they kind of offered you as far as um, opportunities with signing with them. Well, congrats on working on your own comics, man. That's what's up. And, uh, yeah, I think Advent Comics, if, I think if uh, they picked it up or something, I'm pretty sure they, they would get you an artist if that's what you needed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. They have uh, letters. They have uh, colorists and they do have other artists on the uh, <clears throat> on the roster, and I mean, there's a bunch of different comics coming out of there. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure if you're a writer, that they would definitely uh, get you an artist. But don't take my word for that. Contact uh, <laughs> the contact button on their website and uh, submit it to them, and just let them know. You know, tell them tell them Mike sent you. <laughs> so I have one more question. One last question, and we'll wrap this up. And this is this is the most important one of every question I could have asked tonight. When do we get our cane shirts? I wear a two X. Here, what'd you say? 
Uh, I said that the hard hitting question is when when do I get my cane shirt? I enjoyed the book. I, I would really like the cover on a shirt in two X. When 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 do the shirts get when do the shirts get? Uh, I know you're you're printing them, right? They're already at the shirt manufacturing place, right? Yeah, I definitely want to get some uh, shirts with cane on it. Um, I'm not sure when we're gonna do that. I was kind of hoping to have have them out there by uh, um, the first issue, but um, maybe by the second issue we're gonna have a bunch out because that was one of the things that uh, I was looking at doing. I want to do both hats and shirts because I'm a hat kind of guy. You can ask my wife. I have mm-hmm. more hats than I don't know. I got hats that match every shirt. I love hats, but um, yeah, I wanted to get some cane shirts and hats. So hopefully. Uh, Maybe within the next couple months, we'll have a bunch of cane shirts and stuff like that, and I'll get you one. Why well, wear 2X? No. <laughs> um, so one more thing. Uh, why don't you go ahead for all of our listeners? Um, why don't you plug the book, plug the website, plug everywhere they can get it, and you know, let's close this where everybody know that they can order this book so that they can enjoy it as much as I did. All right. You can go to adventcomics.com. And pre-order it under the Advent Universe store, and it's uh, titled Michael Metlin's Cane. All you got to do is go to www.adventcomics.com. Go to the right-hand side of the website. You'll see Advent Universe store. Click that. Bam, you're good. Right there, you can get it. Uh, pay with PayPal, debit, credit, whatever you want. It's three dollars, and standard shipping is two dollars. Awesome. Promise you won't regret. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to sit down and and talk to us all the way across the country and, you know, let all of our listeners know about Kane and 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 this awesome book that you have. Definitely. Thank you. I, I wish we could have made the interview uh, a lot longer. I thoroughly enjoyed this. The first one, so definitely a great feeling. I really appreciate it and um, I'm glad to be on the show. Thank you very much. Maybe issue five, you can come back and we'll do a longer one. Now that after the plot has developed and, and it's really gotten going. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely Thanks keep in contact. Really appreciate it. But All th- right. Take care. Yep. You have a good night. There it is. The interview about Kane. Damn, it went quick. From Michael Metlin. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully if you are wanting to look into doing your own comic book series, he, he uh, maybe shedded some light on some stuff because he was very open about his process and how he hooked up with, with, um, Advent comics. Advent comics. And he said he, you know, he had sent stuff to other combo companies and they, they've rejected him and turned him down. And, and that's part of the process. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, uh, you're going to get a hundred no's before you get a one. Yes. But all it takes is one. Yes. Yeah. But hopefully he's, he's hooked up with Advent and, and they take care of him. They take care of him. It sounds like they're, they're doing good for him. So, did you look through the website? They had a, a, a quite a few books yeah. under their belt. So I mean, I'm, they all remind me of that old school '90s Rob Liefeld style comic book. Not necessarily to 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 shit on the art style, but it it, it a just lot of feels, people like that though. No, no, I know. It just feels like you're reading an old issue of like um, Alpha Flight or an old issue of um, X Force or something. X Force, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels like you're reading like an old issue of X Force or um, New Mutants. It, it's got that very old art style and old story 
90s story feel to yeah. it. So, But it seemed like they had some pretty cool other comics. I might have to check out one or two more. For sure, yeah. Might as well. Like I said, I like I like Michael. He did a great interview. I thought he was an, an, uh, an awesome guy. Just I'm not a, a fan of the the Spawn genre, so it's not a comic book that's, you know, it's, I'm sure it's got its audience. It's just not directed towards me. Yeah. So, like I said, you enjoyed it a lot, so. thought it was cool. I'm sure you'll be keeping, I'm sure we'll talk to him again here in the future if you're going to be keeping tabs on him, and I'm Dibs. opening, I think, there you go. <laughs> you can have him. Oh, you fine. found him, he's all yours. Uh, I, but no, I. But it's, I, it's, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook now. We, oh, we, nice. We've chatted a lot, so he tags me in a lot of stuff. And, nice. Uh, like so, you know what I mean. So I'm like, I'm seeing a lot. Like you know, he he messages me and like I'm gonna message him and tell him we're gonna put the episode out. And so he knows to he's gonna tag. I'm and sure like, my partner Matt fucking rips you. Says your shit sucks. <laughs> no, it it doesn't. He's a good writer. Like I said, it's just not a it's book not your style me, of book. Right? Yeah. Yep. So no, nah, I mean it was a lot of fun, and I'm glad we got to meet him. So it's cool. Yeah, he's. A, like I said, it was a great interview. Kyle did an awesome job. I like that he forgot to introduce me. Um, <laughs> I did recover. <clears throat> he did recover. Like I said, I thought he was he was good for his first interview. He he gave us a lot of good information. He gave oh, us we a were lot. his first interview. Yep. Huh? We got a lot of information on, on the process and and the kinda, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, and it kind of kind of cool. Open the door. It kind of opens your eyes a little bit. Maybe if you're looking to break into the comic industry, of kind of how he went about to do it and. And he's hooked up with Advent, who seems to be taking care of him, and he seems to be happy, and he's excited about his book. So that's I wish him all the luck going forward, and hopefully, me too. Kane becomes the next Spawn, and I get a fucking shirt, and Kyle gets his fucking shirt, but two X, two X, black, <laughs> black. <laughs> I'd like to have now. I'd like to have issue two, on a T-shirt of issue two cover, but. But yeah, again, just want to thank Michael Metlin for for joining us and giving us the opportunity to sit down with him and and talk about Kane number one and which and I think is actually coming out in like next week. So if you guys are interested in that, we'll put the links to the Advent page up on our Facebook so you can go check out and purchase the the book and kind of check it out a little bit and make that judgment for yourself. On whether you want to buy it or not and support the creator. But I think it's cool that he's, you know, I think it's a cool guy. He's a guy that wanted to do his own comic. So he's like, I'm going to write it. I'm going to draw it. The only thing he doesn't do is ink it or letter it. and Color it. Or the, well, yeah, color it and letter it. So usually I see him inking with coloring. But but yeah, he doesn't color it or letter it. You're a fucking tracer. Yeah, <laughs> you're a fucking tracer. <laughs> Um, if you write over a dark line with over said designated line, you're tracer. Yeah, <laughs> but a good dude. Yeah, so. glad we got to interview him. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy the holidays are finally over. You guys better be happy about a Matt and a matinee. Yeah, Matt and a matinee is going good. You, did, you put th- two of them out. I did two of them today, yeah. You did Passengers? I've done and... four episodes total now. Fuck, man. Hell yeah. But, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Who's giving you content? We're giving you content. Yeah. <laughs> we promised you guys new content in 2017, and so far we're delivering, so hopefully we can keep that up. You are being bombarded. Um, 
but yeah, and hopefully, I mean, you're and you're still pumping out all the D and D episodes. Yeah. And fuck, dude, we won't even need this up epi- this show. So <laughs> well, so much other stuff going on. That's not true, but we got a little content for everyone now. <laughs> but um, one more show and we should be good, right? Yeah. One more new show. One more new show. We're close. So. We're happy to be back. Hope everyone had a great new year and a happy holiday. Movie review. There it is. And uh, let's have a great 2017 together and let's grow and and see what happens as a community and get shit popping off. So here's to a good 2017. All right, right, guys. Uh, We're out of here. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.